Mind Grenade. I'm your host, Hector, and we've got uh, the final installment of our discussion show dedicated to The Mandalorian on Disney+. Plus. So um, I've been welcoming guests on to the podcast to discuss our reactions to every new episode of The Mandalorian. And uh, for the season finale, I welcome back Austin Wilson, Brent Hibbard, and David Hopkins. And um, I know David Hopkins and Austin Wilson from listening to, to their podcast over the years, uh, Hideous Energy. And, uh, and then I was introduced to Brent via a project that Austin and David put together um, called Super Cute. It was, a, it was a webcomic that they put out, and uh, Brent was the artist on it. David and Austin were the, uh, the, the writers and, um, and designers of that comic strip. And um, all three of these guys are some of my, they're some of my favorite podcasters on the, on the planet. So um, it was a complete pleasure to have them on for these episodes. Uh, let's see, Austin Wilson is on Twitter at Austin R. Wilson. And David is at DC underscore Hopkins. And Brent is at Brent Hibbard on Twitter. And like I said, uh, these are my favorite podcasters. Brent is the host of the Let's Talk About Stuff podcast, along with his co-host, Stephen Fisher. And um, and also I wanted to give a shout out to David's other podcast, Erie International, with his co-host, Rave Doberts. I got to get that right. And Andy Preller. Uh, it's a horror podcast, and it's a lot of fun. They've been doing it for some years now, so um, check that out. That's Eerie International. Man, just lots of love to all these guys. Uh, just uh, been super supportive um, towards uh, Mind Grenade, and um, and I, I love listening to these guys. So um, this is a real treat. So all right, let's get to it. This is this is a long episode, uh, but it's all good. It's kind of like uh, you know, kind of like. Um, uh, uh, the Two Towers, The Lord of the Rings, um, and, and and not so much like Return of the King with the all the extra endings. This is all substance, all two hours of this podcast. So um, I hope you enjoy. I hope you've been enjoying just The Mandalorian, the season two. Um, I know I have, and uh, I really hope you've been enjoying it too. Um, so uh, without further ado, let's get into this episode with Brent, David, and Austin. All right, enjoy. some introductions here so everybody knows who's speaking. I'm Hector, the co-host of Mind Grenade Podcast, and uh, I've got the uh, creative team of Super Cute, an old webcomic that I used to read, and uh, I got the uh, the writer, the letterer, and, uh, and the artist, and um, just overall co-creators of the, the strip. And um, uh, I'll ask you guys to uh, introduce yourselves, but also... Real quick, come up with a way to make Baby Yoda, Grogu, even cuter than he already is. I'll, I'll go first with um, dressing him up in um, in like an elf, like a Santa Claus kind of like um, costume. I think would make him even cuter than he already is, even though that seems impossible. But uh, I'll go with you. Go ahead. Uh, Austin, I'll start with you. Uh, I'm Austin. Uh, I co-wrote Super Cute with David Hopkins, who you'll hear here in a second. Um as far as making Grogu cuter than he is, 
I don't know. That's tough. I think maybe put a little suit and tie on him. Yeah. I think that'd be pretty and cute. Make him all dapper. Yeah. yeah a nice little, <laughs> like, like he's going out to dinner, uh, you know, yeah. black tie affair. Yeah. Just like uh, get his hair all parted down the middle. and He looks, he'll, he'll be <laughs> handsome and cute at the same time. It's a, it's a rare achievement. All right. Uh, Brent, I'll go with you next there. Oh, uh, yeah, this is Brent. Um, and uh, real quick, shout out to Liz Suburbia for designing yes. the uh, the characters in uh, Super yes. Cute, Leonard and uh, yeah. Bronson. Um, uh, I would say the way to make Baby Yoda, Grogu, uh, cuter is to have him curse. Have him uh, eke out a little uh, fuck word or something <laughs> yeah. like that. It's always yeah. cute when uh, little kids do that. They don't know what, the power they're wielding. So I'd, uh, I'd add a little uh, word balloon on there. Well, not me personally. There's somebody else that would do a better job at that. Um, <laughs> Uh, so that would be my suggestion. That would be adorable, yes. Okay, David, you're next there. Yeah, I'm the uh, co, I guess co-writer. Yeah, yeah. Austin wrote the scripts, but I, I would just be like, what if this we, person... We worked on them together. Yeah, I would come up with dumb jokes and Austin would do the writing. Um, the And letter. I, although, I, I really hope people try to find this strip because it's not online anywhere. Yeah, <laughs> I no, I meant to mention that too up front, yep. Got really, really bad lettering. Um... I think I think there's a big missed opportunity in this last episode uh, to not have him finally speak for the first time and it be strictly in Spanish. I think that would have been <laughs> pretty adorable. Come and on. combine it combine it with Brent's. So it was when they're saying goodbye, yeah. he could just be like, hey, chinga tu madre. Yeah. Como están, bitches? Yeah. Um, so writing super cute, was that like, because uh, I know, um, Austin, you've... Um, was it dumb? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, like, ask? I know you've written prose mostly, and you've been published and stuff, but uh, um, was it kind of like uh, changing gears? Like, would it be like more, like writing these the strips, it's just more short-formed? Um, is it like writing jokes, I guess, would be the closest, kind of like? Well, uh, at the time I, I was writing, I mean, I'm always writing both. I'm always okay. working on comics. Comics and prose. Yeah. The bad thing about prose is, depending on the length of it, it's it takes a long time. Um, and then the also the bad thing about comics is sometimes they take a really long fucking time. Right. Which was one of the best things about Super Cute is that we could, because of Brent's talent and the. Uh, <laughs> I mean, don't sell yourself short, man. We were turning a couple of those strips around in like sometimes a day. Yeah. Well, but they do take a long time to make, which is why it's unfinished. We've finished writing it three years ago, and Brent just has not finished drawing oh, it. Brent. So it's 100% on him oh, why it's man. unfinished. In That's... one of the scripts, it literally says, there are no dinosaurs in the scene. I took offense so hard that I just <laughs> ground everything to a halt. Brent quit. <laughs> um, I, writing super cute, though, one, it was a ton of fun. Because it was just David and I sitting in a room basically just telling each other dumb bullshit jokes, trying to make right. each other laugh. Or sometimes and, we would be in public and we would notice someone else nearby laugh uh, at something. It would inspire. Yeah, I remember when there was that that little that little run of strips where one of them was talking in his sleep. Yes. And I was like, what if we were trying to come up with a name for the the sleep doctor that he was going to go to? <laughs> and I was just trying, I mean, I was just coming up with anything I could think of. And I remember I was like, what if the doctor's name is Dr. Sandy Mankins? <laughs> and there was a dude, we were in a Panera Bread, and there was a dude at the booth behind Austin started cracking up. And I was like, yeah. all right, That's at all. least the three of us will find it funny. <laughs> this guy will never see again. I don't remember. I th 
maybe that we were in a public setting. I don't remember. Something led to us riding the one strip where the guy was like, this muffin's so good, I'm going to eat it with my ass. <laughs> yeah. And potentially it was just you and I in a room at your house, and we were like, that's so funny. And <laughs> who knows if it was. like That's basically that, the, how they all, all the uh, yeah. quote-unquote writing sessions went. Well, yeah, I but, mean, switching gears as far as writing something that was supposed to pay off in three panels. Right, yeah. Was a fun challenge, yeah, and and that's one of the reasons why I like trying to write one page comics, yeah, because you have to pay off the thing that someone is reading for, and then three panels, and sometimes we did more than three, but you know, a small amount of panels, uh, it's a fun challenge to try and well, make something happen that feels worth it to the reader. Well, when I was thinking about it, when I think about bringing it up, uh, was it? it, it it sounds like maybe comedy writing, like in the sense that you're like a stand-up writing, like um, Stephen Wright would have short, like little mm-hmm. joke, and yeah, and uh, instead of like long premises. Um, but uh, yeah, I was just uh, curious to see how that was different than writing a full-length comic, for example, um, where you're just drawing strips. It's like it would be like writing a a one-line joke, or a you know, or a Stephen Wright-esque kind of shortened, but... Um, and, yeah, that's what it felt like. I mean, mostly it was, like, the the premise was to try and make each other laugh. Right, <laughs> like yeah. Like, David and I. And what's weird is, I don't know that we ever did any calls like this with Brent, or, or like, huh. well, if they're to, like... Like, face-to-face, kind of get some jokes across. Uh, and yeah. The idea of Brent laughing... Like, we had no idea. We're just like, all right, this is what Brent's going to draw. Hopefully he thinks it's okay. <laughs> oh. And, I don't know. We'll, we'll never know. We'll never know. Never. Yeah. yeah, I was going to yeah. say, I don't, Brent might hate it. I still don't. <laughs> My, no, uh, I, I, I loved it, and I had such a blast. Like, I had never worked on somebody else's script before. Yeah, yeah. I always reference Super Cute as the first, like, actual, like, comic I worked on where – there was like a story written by one person. I did the art the and collaboration. somebody else did the lettering. Right. And yeah. the lettering component of it is is so massive for me because that's like when it's an actual like comic, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and David, I know you like don't like the lettering on those old strips. I don't like the art on those old strips, <laughs> but that's kind of like a time capsule of where we oh, were yeah. then. And yeah. I'm only slightly further uh, ahead now, but uh, your lettering has come such a long way that oh, it's it's just like... It, it's fun to look back on stuff like that. Like yeah. at, at one point I was like, Oh, this is embarrassing. Like, I don't want people to you know, see this just because like I, you're, we're all our own worst critics, you know, yeah. but it's now to the point where it's been long enough to where I can look back on it and be like, Oh yeah. I, I remember when I uh, used to be bad at drawing that instead of being bad at drawing this other thing, you know? <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, yeah, but I, it, I, to be clear, I, it's not, yeah, it's not, not online because we're right. like ashamed of it or anything. It yeah. just, no, no. we stopped doing it weekly and then had plans and still have plans to do like a big final story which a lot of it we i made a joke earlier about it being brent's fault it's 100 percent austin and i's fault we haven't finished writing it 100 uh, percent ours but the uh the i would say three-fourths of it i don't remember exactly how many pages is done at least most of it is right oh, like drawn colored about, letters at least 80 wow, percent yeah because yeah. we don't have that much left to write and uh, uh so anyway so instead of paying to keep it up when we were yeah, still right. working on it behind the scenes and it wasn't coming out, we took it down. Uh, but yeah, I agree with you, Brent. I, I showed some people the other day and a, 
people were like in a like a comic book discussion group were posting some of their like very first examples of their very first work and I dug it out and it was a weird feeling because it's not like something you show off <laughs> but it was also cool to be like I'm literally learning how to letter on this page like I I've this this for this first strip is the first time I ever tried a lot of these things like literally ever so it it's cool to see that way for sure and even within the progression of this of the strip there's so much improvement from the beginning to the end not even counting the final storyline which came years later uh but just where we stopped yeah i think that's both just the getting into the groove of the style of the book and then also working with each other we found a groove that it was happening every single week we always had something to work on i that's one of my favorite parts of the of the comic is we can see each other becoming better at these things that we're doing and I mean, I've written so much stupid bullshit in my life, and I don't consider super cute some of that. Like, it's it's a ridiculous strip, but that was our point. And yeah. there, are, and also there none are, of us were wor- actively working in comics at that point, so it was right. for the most part, I think, like the only thing we were working on every week, mm-hmm. so we could devote more time to it. Um, yeah. Speaking of uh, like comparing then to now. Uh, Brent, you put you posted a, a comic that that you just finished. Uh, was it one of them? 20, was it a twenty four hour comic? Or I saw you posted it on on Twitter. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, my pinned tweet right now. People want yeah. to check out at, at Brent Hibbard. Uh, um, and you good. know, if you, if you've got some extra money and just want to uh, send me e dollars, go for it. I don't know how <laughs> that works, but anything <laughs> else? No, I, 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 I did know. notice uh, a level up in your skills. Just oh, yeah. thanks. Uh, uh, I I. Yeah, go ahead. No, um, just um, not just in the, the the drawing ability, but just like the con- conceptual, like just the the forethought you got to put in when you're setting up panels and and um, just everything. It, it I, I could tell you've you've uh, we we're talking about super cute being years ago, and then your skills today. I I, I can totally see the mm-hmm. uh, the improvement over the over the time over time. Cool. Thank you. Yeah, I, I think I can Brent level up his grasp of face, uh, like facial features and emotion and all yeah. that stuff within Super Cute is awesome to watch, mm-hmm. and I'm proud that proud to see it happen. Yeah, I, I love that. I love seeing uh, people's skills, and that's that's what's cool about with the the podcasting and stuff too, uh, with uh, hideous energy and um, where. Uh, we we can go back and listen to an episode where you guys weren't where you're at, you're not you're at now and uh I just like seeing the progression over the years and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. All right. Um let's see here guys. So um like I said uh let's see uh I also know you guys from Hideous Energy and Let's Talk About Stuff. Um uh and on Let's Talk About Stuff uh David you've been covering for Brent um, but Brent's back, right? Is that yeah? Brent's back now. Yeah, yeah. allegedly, allegedly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the, you guys did discuss recently, and let's talk about stuff. Uh, the uh, Disney, um, the all that news that came out from Disney with the Marvel uh, TV shows and uh, the Disney uh, and the Star Wars TV shows and 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 one film I think they announced, right? Yeah. Uh, so I, I just wanted to get you guys before we get into uh, the season finale of The Mandalorian. Uh, uh, let's. I just want to get your thoughts on. Um, and I've got kind of the highlights. I've got the Obi Wan Kenobi series, 
Ahsoka Tano, um, the Andor series, and then um, there's a Rogue Squadron film by uh, Patty Jenkins in 2023, it looks like. But uh, what are you guys' thoughts? You guys, did you guys get excited about uh, the announcements at all? Or yeah, I, I, w- I was excited about all of them. I mean, it was there wasn't anything where I was like, oh, I, that's a bad idea to me, or I had any like negative reaction. I mean, it's, it's, it's like one of the Marvel ones where they announce stuff where it's exciting, but then it's stuff that we're not going to see for like at right. least two or three years. So it's a. Uh, I mean, Marvel did one at the beginning. What isn't? Wasn't it like Infinity War, or how did they first announce it before it was Infinity War and Endgame? It was like a two-part Infinity War movie, yeah. and that changed. Right. And there was right, also right. like a yeah. There was another Captain America one, I think, that changed. But just the idea, and they did that for Marvel too. So like, they announced a, a Secret War, or not Secret War, Secret Invasion yeah. miniseries on Disney Plus, and like um, Armor Wars and stuff. Like, it's exciting knowing that they're going to be doing that stuff. But then also, you're like. All right, I'll put this in the back of my head because I'm not going to hear anything else about it for at least a year, probably. Right. If there's going to be like a trailer or something, but it all sounded cool to me. I mean, they're yeah. really, really going all in on on TV and shifting yeah. it away from movies for a while, which makes sense after they said that they were going to take a break after Solo yeah. flopped. Yeah, I was excited but exhausted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and. Also, I and I've talked about like I talked about this on on your show last time I was on Hector, and I've talked about it on Hideous Energy. So, my conflict of of knowing that Disney owns Star Wars and like right. I love Star Wars, obviously, but Solo quote unquote flopped, and you know it made fucking millions of dollars, but via you know Star Wars money, yes, it was a failure. Yeah, no, and, it lo- it lost money. Did it? <laughs> it wasn't. Yeah, it made it cost it barely made over it made 330 million and it cost over 250. Mm. Yeah, so, so they lost money. Like mm-hmm. it yeah, it wasn't like not for them it was good. I I only know that cuz I just read an article in Variety mm-hmm. about which I'll bring up later about how Favreau's kind of doing what he did with Iron Man with Mandalorian now. So uh, that's so that's they, bad. Like yeah. for for Solo to hit that number like that's bad. Um I, like I am excited about the Ahsoka Tano mm-hmm. show. Mm-hmm. I am really excited about the Cassian Andor show. Right. Yeah. Because um, I think Diego Luna. Like I think that's just a good idea. Yeah, he's he's great. Yep. The Obi Wan show. Alan, tu- Alan Tudyk is. Alan Tudyk is yeah. great too. The the Obi Wan show is the one where I'm like, that's that's what you're gonna guys you guys are gonna do. Yeah. You, you're gonna cast Hayden Christensen. Yeah, as and, as Vader in the suit. Well, see, so so that's the part. Like, I like I don't want to be this the the <laughs> fucking atypical Star Wars fanboy. Yeah, but like Hayden Christensen, I, I've seen one performance from that guy where I was just like, all right, yeah, that's fine. That was in Life as a House. Yeah, yes, I remember seeing. And potentially that, yeah. that's. Oh, you froze up. There. I don't. I don't know. Oh, sorry. Am I back? Uh, yeah. What was your thoughts back, again uh, there on Life as a House, though? He was good, you yeah. know. He was okay in life as a house. Yeah, but <laughs> now, like, I don't know. I them going all in on TV, like, yes, it makes sense to me. It just seems like they're they are diving in so hard mm-hmm. instead of maybe just being like, all right, and then we're gonna announce another show, like yeah, yeah, one yeah. other show. Right, right. Instead, so they announce like 
Right. I, 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 if they would announce so. Ahsoka Tano as their next one, like kind of like uh, the Netflix shows where they're like, okay, here's our, we have ideas down the road, but here's our next one, and then they roll it out right. one at a time. But yeah, they all they came out full force with everything. It, it was a little overwhelming, and and also what you were saying, David, earlier, where they it's it's down the line. It's not like we're gonna see these shows like immediately, but uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, it is a little bit overwhelming, and and the fact that they announced the Marvel stuff too, it did seem pretty overwhelming. But uh, I, I am excited for the for the shows they have announced. Um, yeah, the Cassian Andor, uh, I I like that. I mean, that movie is like probably next to the Last Jedi. <laughs> it's probably my favorite out of the uh, new Star Wars things that Disney's put out, and. Uh, yeah, I, I I do echo your feelings there, Austin, with the Disney owning Star Wars. But, um, yeah, some of the stuff's turning out pretty good. I mean, the, this Mandalorian show, for example. Yeah. But um, but yeah. What what do you what do you guys what do you, with the Rogue Squ- the Rogue Squadron film that Patty Jenkins is doing? What do you guys What do you guys think about that? What do you think, Brent? Well, I think as long as there's not a tiny child actor at the beginning of the movie who uh, mirrors the fighting of other people down below them, um, I think it should be okay. Uh, I like her as a director, but that you know what? Oh, what is that? Right Wonder, Wonder, Wonder Woman. Yeah, Wonder Woman. It took me a second at first. But... This. <laughs> yeah, you probably scabbed over your your memory of it because it's garbage. Uh, oh damn! But, uh, Hot take. But, <laughs> yeah, I don't uh, didn't didn't like that little girl actress. I guess she's back in the new movie. Yeah, and that's like the three minute clip that everyone can watch. I'm like, oh, oops, and didn't dang. age didn't age in Weird. three years. I I don't know. She doesn't look. She know. looks like the exact same girl. Like, I mean, it is the exact same girl. I'm just saying, like, she doesn't look like she aged in the last four years. I however, suddenly long. trying to insinuate that they cloned her. Yeah, yeah, on Themyscira, Crya, Themyscira, whatever. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, Brent. Uh, but yeah, I mean, like, other than that, like, I think it's exciting for, um, you know, a, a, a major female director to yeah. have a shot at it um, and maybe bring something new to it. Like, I, I really don't know what the story is beyond that. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm I'm such a, a newbie to Star Wars right. that I, I'm just like, I don't know, just tell me a story, I guess. Yeah. I don't, oh, all these all these people seem pissed off for some reason. All right. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Austin seems bummed out, so I guess he didn't like it. Uh, well, it's it's weird because like, is is that idea fun to me? Like, yeah, it, it's just the idea that Disney's like, shit, the Mandalorian's been successful. Announce fucking fifty thousand other things quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's the part where I'm just like, God, guys, like, maybe just take a, a single step. Yeah, that that that's, of, that that like, seems to be yeah that that seems to be what. Uh, the critique uh, as a whole that I can see for the Disney thing is that they're just throwing shit out and then we, you get a solo movie and you get um, Rise of Skywalker, uh, but you also get The Last Jedi and you get Force of, you know, so you, we have been getting some decent stuff, but we also have been getting flops, um, or not necessarily flops, but just critically just kind of poor uh, films. Um, and it I seemed- think... Yeah, go ahead, David. I was going to say, to play devil's advocate, though, a lot, a, a, probably close to half of what they announced was we already knew about. So right. The Obi-Wan show was already... For a while. People already knew about yeah. that. Um, 
the Cassian Andor one, obviously people already knew about that as right. well. The Ahsoka Tano one was new, but it was also clear that that was like right. kind of the new path that they have with connecting to Rebels and and the other Filoni stuff. The Acolyte thing is part yeah. of the new the High Republic, which they had already announced too as like a new branch of it. So it's it it's a lot because they're it's their investor calls. So they do this every year, right? They right. announce basically like everything that's coming up. But then it's over three years. It's basically the same thing you were talking about before with Netflix. Only Netflix doesn't do that. Netflix will show a trailer for something and you're like, Holy crap, what's this? I've never heard of it. And it comes out like in two weeks. Like they basically yeah, right. hold this stuff out until it's it's there. So mm-hmm. I would imagine from a lot of this stuff, we'll like I was saying before, we'll probably never hear about it. Not again, so, but yeah, you know, yeah, and for probably at like celebration or something, they'll have a thing. Even right. the squadrons thing, I'm excited about that. And and as much as like, there's a subset of the Star Wars fandom that's really into the dogfighting stuff, and mm-hmm. they had all of the old expanded universe novels and the video games. Like, there's a new video game just recently called Squadrons. Like, it's it's a it's already an existing thing. But the fact that it's so far out and they're working on the script, it could change. Like even right. this, um, skipping ahead a little bit, spoilers, there was another series announced at the end of this episode right. with the Boba Fett thing. That's also something we knew about. Right. It was a Boba Fett series, and then they changed it into maybe a film, and then now it's back as a series. Clearly, they worked out the roadmap that they had with him coming on Mandalorian mm. and everything else. Right. So I think I think it'll be pretty staggered once it's coming out, mm-hmm. uh, but... Oh, yeah. Guy's point hearing it on the call. Same thing with the Disney and Pixar stuff. There was like 18 new Pixar things that they announced. And it's like, oh, a Lightyear movie based off of mm-hmm. Buzz Lightyear based off of this guy. That's weird. And oh, that's right. I look yeah. forward to hearing more about it in two years. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I don't think it's it's for me. The reason it's worrisome is not because I think they're all going to come out in the same year. Like, that's not going to happen. Right, right, right. They're staggered. But when and yeah, we already knew they wanted to do an Obi Wan show. They just hadn't confirmed it. We already knew they wanted to do something with Boba Fett. They just hadn't confirmed it. Um, same with Cassian Andor. That one was a little bit more solid. But for me, seeing all of this stuff announced at once, it makes it a little harder for me specifically to ignore the idea that they're just trying to recoup <laughs> the right. money that they. That's mm-hmm. that's the part that. For me, when it becomes about yeah, producing as much stuff for profit as possible right. instead of like – and potentially, you know, all of these things are going to have people writing stories that mean something to them. And, and potentially there will be a lot of people involved that are, are going to be making things that they're – that they feel great about and are, are proud to be connected to and are happy to be working on. But – that's the part where when Disney becomes this machine mm-hmm. and yeah, it's just yeah. more just and more out. and more, yeah. more, then it becomes harder for me to be like, okay, yeah, it's, this is, this is their new product instead yeah. of like, this is a new story. Yeah. That does, it doesn't mean that I don't want to see a squadrons movie right. or and or show or, but I'm not excited about some of those ideas, just that it becomes a little harder for me to to look at Disney as the producer of this thing as something other than mm-hmm. a factory. Right, right. Uh, I, I'm hoping that we get, like, what Rogue One turned out to be. Uh, you know, it's, it's a quick idea that somebody had, and uh, they they got together. And it that movie 
could have not worked out the way it did. <laughs> like, I know Disney, or I, I think the, the writers of that, uh, the producers, the writers, the director was like, oh, Disney's not going to let us kill off the entire main cast at the end. And then Disney was like, no, yeah, of course you're going to kill off the... So, I mean, Rogue One um, uh, was a nice surprise that it worked out, I thought. Cause, uh, yeah. Yeah. All right, guys. So let's get into um, let's get into the Mandalorian. Um, so I'll do a spoiler alert here. So we're going to talk about the uh, the season finale of, uh, of uh, season two, chapter sixteen. Uh, the rescue is the name of the t- of the uh, of the episode. And uh, let's um, figure out where we're at in the uh, Star Wars saga here. We're five years after Return of the Jedi. Um, let's see. Our main character. Din Jaren, the D is silent, right? Um, <laughs> a bounty hunter who's taken on the quest of returning the child Grogu um, safely to its people, the legendary Jedi. So that's where we're at there, five years after Return of the Jedi. The second Death Star has been destroyed. Um, general, all right, guys. Uh, general feelings on the season as a whole. And now that we've got, now we've, that we've watched the entire season. And then... Um, then we can get into the season finale. So uh, we'll go around the table here. What are you guys, now that uh, we've watched the entire season, what are, what are your thoughts on the entire season? I, no, I liked it. Yeah, I thought it was cool. I, I, I have fun with this show. I think, it's, I think it's a pretty fun show. I mean, it's, it's really accessible for people like my wife who don't have any existing Star Wars knowledge and don't really necessarily care about the movies um or have any really any interest but this one clicks in a way where it's it's pretty pretty straightforward um i mean you can you know what's going on even if she doesn't get like the deep cuts of who is who and um you already did the spoiler alert so like luke skywalker showing up in this episode means uh, literally nothing to her she's never seen any (laughs) of the movies with him in it so yeah uh, well she saw force awakens so to her it would have been the old guy in the last 10 seconds of the movie Mm -hmm. um which i didn't even bring it up because i'm sure she didn't remember but um honestly it meant more to my son who's four because he has a a luke skywalker lightsaber that says quotes from the movie when he pushes the button so i was like you know the guy that says i'm a jedi like my father before me and i was like that's him look his lightsaber is going to be green and so like he was freaking out because he's got the green lightsaber i was waiting for that line by the way i was waiting yeah (laughs) jedi like my father before me but it didn't happen yeah Um, so like the the deep cut stuff works for fans mm -hmm. um and i think that's cool um but then it's a fun western adventure kind of show week week and uh i was i was yeah, we're just talking about overall the show overall, yeah, right? So yeah, yeah, I'm a fan. I think it's I think it's really fun. And it's until this week, it was uh, for me like a a good show to talk about with anybody who's a Star Wars fan. Yeah. And then there were some reactions to this episode where I was like, all right, I'm off again. Like I'm off on my own. I don't want to talk to anybody <laughs> about. So yeah, and that was mostly because people started bringing up the Last Jedi again, and that's always the quickest way to make me exhausted. So, <laughs> uh, how about you, Austin? This as a whole, to see yeah. how it work out for you. <clears throat> I, I liked it. Yeah, I um, basically uh, can just mirror everything David just said. Um, my girlfriend, Andrea, uh, you know, she does like Star Wars and she has seen the movies, but she didn't know that the green lightsaber was Luke's. Mm-hmm. So, but, and like, because Star Wars is the thing that it is for me and, 
<laughs> because it is the cancer that I hold inside <laughs> myself. <laughs> I watch the show differently. Yeah, obviously. Mm-hmm. But, um, I thought the, the I thought the season was good, and uh, I liked a lot of the stuff that they did. I'm excited to see where it goes. Um, I think probably I, I liked. I don't know. It's weird. I liked season one quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. Um, you were you you I, were big on that season finale, weren't you? That, from what I we th- talked yeah, before. Yeah, I really love season one's finale, yeah. and I I like it better than season two okay. two finale. All right, um, which we can get into later. But um, yeah. overall, I I liked the season, and I thought it had some some good moments and did things that I that I thought were interesting. Yeah. All right, Brent. What do you What are your thoughts on overall? Uh, I loved it. I thought it was uh, really good. It was super entertaining all the way through. Um, I watched the first episode uh, to uh, come on your podcast, and then I just kind of put the other ones on the back burner and binged, uh, I guess, two through seven, essentially, oh, wow. and then I got um, eight uh, this week, and uh, I I watched it as, as soon as I could. Um, but I really liked it. And, uh, I think David on, uh, episode, uh, when you were on about episode five, you had mentioned the video gaminess. Of yeah, it, where yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my dog is pissed off. Uh, <laughs> he was, uh, you were talking about how, uh, you know, you, you go to this location to collect this item, to yeah. battle this villain, to then yeah. go to a different planet, to put a kid on a rock, um, <laughs> and all of that stuff. Um, I liked it. I mean, that's the episodic nature of television, right? I mean, that's yeah. kind of what differentiates the the television from a movie. And um, yeah, I like all the characters. I like spending time with them. I think all of them are interesting for the most part. Um, there's a, a lot of uh, nuanced stuff that I don't get. Like uh, Ahsoka Tano, like I had heard of her and I knew her character design, but I didn't like this was my first experience with her. But after I saw that episode, I went and like looked up some information on her, and I, I like that uh, research aspect of mm-hmm. stuff like this, you know. Um, like I'm a big uh, Marvel fan. Um, I was just getting ready to bring up Marvel. It's very similar to that, yeah. Yeah, and like there's a lot of stuff I know from being a longtime comic reader that my co-host Steven will ask me about on you know certain characters, and at a certain point he'll just like go and look up stuff on Wikipedia. Um, even though I told him he's not allowed around the internet without my supervision, um, he still does it. And uh, okay, hey, relax. God damn. Uh, anyway, yeah, uh, uh, Star Wars is good. No, hold on. Uh, oh, back to you. Um, the the video game aspect of it. Yes, when I was watching this, the finale, the season two finale, and they're uh, on that Imperial ship, and they're the 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 squads trying to take over uh, uh, Bo-Katan and uh, Cara Dune and Fennec and the whole crew. They're trying to take over the ship. Like I was like, this is this feels like a video game, but in a good way. And I was thinking, you know, since video game movies always just kind of drop the ball, um, they should like they should try to like reverse engineer this show. And then figure out what makes it work to then and then and then go forward with making whatever uh, a Link, yeah, uh, move, uh, you know, a Zelda movie or um, a Metal Gear Solid movie. Like, figure out why this show worked, and it it does have a very video game quality, but not in a negative way. Not yeah. Um, and when I made that comparison on my episode, I didn't mean yeah. it in a negative way either. Like, right. it, it's 
it has like a there's a rhythm to it yeah. in this season especially the first season a little bit but it definitely felt more than this one where it was like he's getting the rest of his armor then he's upgrading and then he's getting different weapons and uh has like a very sort of RPG yeah um quest side a lot of side missions yeah the and then too. he seems like when you look at especially when he's right next to Boba Fett like uh, Din has like he He's like the game character at the end of the game where he's got everything. He's got the fucking... Maxed out, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, uh, when they get onto the Imperial ship, the one squad takes off. And then, then you're like, oh, where's Mando? Oh, he's on his own mission. And he comes out and he's fucking decked out. He's got that uh, Beskar <laughs> staff. He's got all his gear. His, his, the little... Um, once he fight, We'll get into it. Once he fights the, the that one dark trooper... He's already used his one. Uh, well, how does he Gideon? He mentions his, his one salvo. Like, yeah. he was completely maxed out. It was pretty cool. So that that also kind of m- reminded me of a video game. He's like, oh yeah, he's he's completely uh, maxed out there. Um, I I uh, I think um, my feelings on the season as a whole, now that I see it, the entire tapestry. Yeah, uh, I enjoyed it quite a bit. There's there there's stuff in it like when they were on that ice planet or uh with the fish lady and then the spiders came out like i remember just being like just my anxiety for that <laughs> like <laughs> that scene um is uh just it's memorable um the uh, i like that episode i've seen a lot of um, people say that that's the worst episode of the season but i i liked it it, it was like a real creature feature heavy yeah sort of episode which mm-hmm. i thought was fun like it is the closest they got to like a horror kind of yes. vibe yeah. on the show. But I mean, it was for the most part, it was just like any of the other side missions. Right. It like, yeah. It's very, we have to do this yeah. thing until we can do the main thing. The the first episode with, um, with, uh, uh, Timothy Oliphant also yeah. was kind of setting that kind of little side mission thing up, but I still yeah. enjoyed that episode and I enjoyed uh, yeah. him, even though Boba Fett could have just gone and grabbed that armor from him. Like yeah. people always bring up when you, when, you know, you're like, oh, I like this. And he's like, yeah, but and there's always that. It looks better, it looks better on him than it does on Tamura Morrison too. Yeah. Although, in the I episode, saw people giving shit to Tamura Morrison online for being fat now. Oh, I don't mean that. I just mean uh, like I, the like skirt thing. Yeah, <laughs> like yeah. as the like dress. Yeah, yeah. But I I thought the uh, I know we're not talking about last week's episode, but I really liked the episode before this one, the, the second one with Bill Burr. Yeah, I loved that one. I, I think Bill Burr is. One of the best parts of the show. Yeah, I, think I agree. Putting him in here again was great. But I thought I thought the new Boba Fett in the armor and the Robert Rodriguez episode. I thought it looked cool, but I thought it looked really cool in episode uh, whatever was before this one seven. Yeah, when it was cleaned up. Once yeah. it was like cleaned and and kind of buffed out or whatever, then I was yeah. like, okay. He couldn't like get that. He couldn't get that of. one dent off that helmet though. Yeah, <laughs> that's been there the forever. Dent. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm keeping that there. That's from uh, yeah. Uh yeah um the uh yeah I think overall it's a, a good season and then especially the highlight with that uh Filoni episode there in the middle was uh pretty fantastic um um all right who oh yeah and then uh, this ep- great directors throughout too um oh yeah uh, this this one was Peyton Reed who I'm a fan of I like Peyton Reed and um, yeah he's good um you know he was supposed to get he was supposed uh, he was vying really hard. 
uh, at Disney for that Fantastic Four movie. Fantastic Four, yeah. Uh, and I was kind of bummed for him when I saw that because it's like, man, he was probably so crushed. Yeah, but. he would. I think he would have done well. Um, it's it's uh, uh, the gentleman who's done the Spider-Man movies recently, yeah, right? John, John Watts, yeah. I think is his name. Um, the the Fantastic Four movies at Marvel, like people are like, oh, I can't believe I'm, I'm not. I can't believe Disney's going to make a reboot Fantastic Four again. I was like, well. I I feel if anybody can make that work, it's going to be, you know, Marvel and Disney, and um, I I I would love there was a there was a, a recommendation for um, there's that argument where it's like oh I don't like Superman because all the movie all the stories suck or it's Fantastic Four all the like they're not interesting characters. I think if you get the right writer on something, then you can make it work. And um, oh yeah. Um, there's a there's a Grant Morrison Jay Lee Fantastic yeah. Four mini called I think it's four. just one two three four or four. Um, Marvel Knights. Yeah, yeah. Or Marvel Knights, baby. That is an example of the Fantastic Four with a good story done right. And um, yeah. there's probably more examples, but that's the one that comes up for me. And uh, um, I would love for them to with a Fantastic Four movie. Uh, you know, thinking about those. Um, the films that they've already released, the uh, um, Tim Story, I think, right? Uh, mm-hmm. Those first two. That's the way to. That's th- those are comic book movies that's that um, I don't know. That's pandering to the general audience, I guess, rather than like trying to say bad Hector. You can yeah, say yeah, 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 yeah. They're bad movies, <laughs> <laughs> but like they didn't embrace what makes that property fucking cool. Like the, 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 yeah. um, kind of go more like lost in space, just like very, very sci-fi, just we- almost Grant Morrison, weird sci-fi. The Hickman yes. future foundation yes. stuff, stuff like that. Is yeah. The stuff that, interested me i didn't get to read all of it right stuff that we i think we read some of it on hideous energy that i dug and hickman is always brave enough to be like yeah i'm gonna make this sci-fi as fuck high high concept sci-fi like i keep the core of the family thing in there like of course keep that intact but just go fucking nuts with the science fiction element of it don't keep it too grounded um but uh yeah so i'm kind of hopeful there with the uh, fantastic four stuff there um, Look, I, I realize those Tim Story Fantastic Four movies are not good, yeah. but I love Doug Jones as a Silver Surfer. I yes. almost said that earlier. I was what? like, the one redeeming thing is Doug Jones. Yeah, who bring him back. Again, is dubbed by another actor, which is yeah, kind of a yeah. bummer. But, yeah. Did you guys not have, on uh, Austin and David, did you guys not have him on uh, Hideous Energy, Doug Jones? Or we, am I imagining that? We, yeah, yeah, we did. No, we did, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah came on. Yeah, that was that was early on, right? I was yeah. like, a while, a while yeah. ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, I've been uh, listening to. Uh, it's crazy all the guests you guys have had on that podcast. Um, I was listening. I, I uh, apparently the workaholics guys have a podcast now that I binged through this past this past oh, week. Yeah, we had Eric Griffin on. That's right. yes, and that uh, made me think of Eric yeah. Griffin. I was like, wait a minute, those guys had him on. The, on Maybe the, the only interview where we were approached for it. Really? We wow. Begging someone. Yeah. He, yeah. he was listening like, to you guys. He found, and then. It was his manager. His PR, yeah. They wow. reached out to us. Wow. That's that's pretty awesome. That's awesome. That, that was kind of our reaction, too. We were like, we're like do you get the. What? You get, this is the wrong email, right? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. He, I mean, they were super nice. He was super nice, obviously. Like, we had fun talking to him, but um, yeah, we were like, all right, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm not going to say no. <laughs> right. 
Okay, so uh, the rescue, chapter sixteen. Uh, so uh, let's see, the Mandalorian's on a, on the hunt, like uh, he's ready to track down a Gideon. Um, so he gets his crew together. Um, so when they're recruiting people, they 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 it's it's Boba Fett, Fennec, and uh, the Mandalorian. They show up. And uh, to where Bo-Katan and Boba Fett, no, I'm sorry, Bo-Katan and, I, I, what is the one character's name? Um, Sasha, Sasha Banks. Sasha Banks. <laughs> <laughs> is it? Uh, that, that's her name oh. when she wrestles in WWE. Uh, oh, okay. Co- co- well, I was, uh, yes. And then uh, Co- Koska Reeves is Bo-Katan's other. Um, yeah, that's her. Did okay. they say what happened yeah. to the other guy, the other Mandalorian? Oh no, weird! I just I didn't even think of that. Yeah, I yeah. I don't remember know. if in his if in their previous episode if he was like later <laughs> like went off or and I didn't remember it or huh. you know, right away I was looking for that third Mandalorian and I was like, oh okay, he's not here, I guess. I think he, he was, was still at that more, diner where they met up with them. He was They're in the bathroom like, while they were yeah. all fighting. Yeah, yeah he out. was dumping it out. And hey, where'd everybody like, go? Yeah. yeah, we're just gonna go. He's been in there for a while. He's <laughs> He had the chili cheese fries. He's he's gonna be a minute. Do you know how hard it is to, to take that armor off to take a shit, oh, Brent? No. It's like two. <laughs> oh man! Um, uh, but uh, they're they're having their little um, back and forth there in that cantina, and uh, Bo-Katan mentions to Boba Fett that she recognizes his voice. She's heard that voice, that clone voice, I and I was, was like, cool. I was like, what I an interesting that. aspect of to bring up, like yeah. within the story. That yeah, like that's got to piss off the Mandalorian, like actual Mandalorians. That they're like, um, yeah, they're like, I've well, heard that voice like, before. A cool wrinkle that you have to give credit to George Lucas tampering with his movies to a certain degree, right? Because that wasn't Boba Fett's original voice, right? And then eventually, when they did the clone stuff, then they redubbed him with Tamara Morrison and the right. original trilogy, and like. So it's a weird thing that used to piss off people, but in this episode was like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like, yeah. for their world, it makes sense that she would recognize him. Yeah. Even before they redubbed it, like, if you go back and listen mm-hmm. to the original audio of those original movies, the voice isn't too different. For Like, right. he just doesn't have a Kiwi accent. Like, it's still gruff and gritty and right. real machine. So, what's that? And, like, through the filter or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And... I, previously, I, I was upset. Like it still upsets me that George Lucas would redub the audio and put someone else's voice in there. But at this point, it's just like, yeah, whatever, man. Um, that whole aspect of the Star Wars saga, where they like now that we have the sequels and the prequels, where they're taking from both or leading yeah. or leading into right. the sequels. Like I don't, I totally don't hate that. Even though I have my feelings about the prequels and the sequels, like I like that newer stuff is still acknowledging the the fucking M count and fucking yeah, uh, uh, Tim Morrison's voice and um, like for me the cool thing there is that Filoni being involved yeah can do it in a way where he's he's referencing the animated series yeah. which. Like we talked about on the last episode I was on, and like I've told David off air, I got way more into that animated series than I thought I would. So having Bo-Katan, who's from one of those animated series, talk about hearing that voice because the clone troopers, you know, in every single fucking episode of that series, 
that's interesting to me. Even even though you know I'm I wasn't a fan of finding out that Boba Fett is just a clone of Jango Fett. Like, yeah, that wasn't really a storyline that I dug. But the way the rest of that stuff is played out, and that scene in this episode particular, like that was fun. Mm-hmm. That that was a fun way for them to be self-referential. Yeah, which isn't always the case. Uh, George Lucas, uh, in the future, hundreds of years from now, people are in the history books are going to be like, oh, George Lucas, the inventor of the perpetual nostalgia loop. Because, um, <laughs> yeah, uh, this is just, uh, um, I mean, this episode, for example, yeah, the uh, um, the uh, CG Luke. So well, let's get into to that. Uh, uh, this, this episode, almost to a T, is exactly how I felt about Rogue One, mm-hmm. where I was like, the uh, I liked it. Mm-hmm. I thought it was cool. I don't mind the mm-hmm. the nostalgic connections mm-hmm. because they they make sense. Yeah. But then I like the aesthetics of the Luke scene, mm-hmm. just like I like the aesthetics of the Darth Vader scene. Yeah. I hate the Luke scene in the same way that I hated the Darth Vader scene. <laughs> yeah. And the CG on his face and on Leia's face is some of the worst they've ever made in in history. Like, it's yeah. so That's... bad. I don't understand how. Disney owns them and Marvel. Marvel's done this in their movies, and it looks fantastic. Yeah, Just by Peyton take Reed. Take those people and move them over into the other studio. <laughs> like, yeah, Dude, it's so crazy. That's so what crazy. I don't understand. They fucked up in like Rogue One with Leia. Then they fucked up again in the Rise of Skywalker, and they had years they to make that shit Skywalker. look good. Yeah, remember, remember, there's a flashback. With, oh yes, with, Leia. with the Leia and Luke when they were younger. It, yeah. It's fucking horrible. And and they literally had years and way more money. So for them to be like, you know what? We're going to pull the one one time with much less budget. And until Luke talked, it looked okay. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. It, well, I, I think was, it's also because it's not as close. Leia's is like, we also saw it in IMAX, excuse me. But like, right. she's right in front of you and you're just like, oh, oh. <laughs> like, it's, it's so glossy and strange. Yeah. yeah, you're right. Until he talked, it, it was fine. But then also, just like in Rogue One, I was like, just don't show his face. It's very obvious who it is. They, like, we, we don't need to see yeah. his face. And, and Rogue like, One, even if it would have been another actor, <laughs> I yeah. would have been like, okay, it's Luke Skywalker. And like, Rogue One, and Rogue One, they were like, we're going to show the shit out of this carrot CG character. Like, you guys, <laughs> like, like, limit well, that the, stuff. Yeah. The lightsaber, the hood, no. the glove, the fucking cloak and the boots. Like, that's it. You don't need to see that dude's face. Mm-hmm. And we, uh, we get further into So, like, thematically, mm-hmm. Luke showing up, like, yes, that does make sense. He's alive. Grogu reaching out to a Jedi at that point has limited amount of options for who's going to be able to sense, you know, potentially Kane and Jarrus. Potentially Ahsoka, who he's already met, Luke, and then like maybe some other weird peripheral stuff that we don't even know about. So Luke is basically top of the list. We know he starts a Jedi school, and we know it goes wrong. Yeah, and, and Ahsoka's his connection to the Force is strong enough that he could be far away, and it would yeah. make sense for him to. Yeah. yeah. So like all of that stuff makes total sense. Like. I, if having Luke show up doesn't upset me from a like Star Wars standpoint, right? It upsets me as a person who is interested in stories that aren't the the most like cannibalistic, self-referential, yeah, yeah, yeah. and cape 
tools pushing forward. And just like David said, like in Rogue One, like, yeah, the visually seeing Luke destroy all those dark troopers, super cool. Like, that's the Luke that I wanted to see when I was a 15-year-old. A, a right. But now, like, he's the fucking deus ex machina for the, this. Yeah, for the I thought the exact same thing, deus ex, yeah. He's literally not been in a single frame of this of the season, of the series. Mm -hmm. And he shows up, saves the day, and then resolves the episode. Um, and like so from a from a story writing standpoint, that's where I was like, you guys gotta be fucking kidding me. Like this is not this is not a a resolution. Like this is literally you turning to the camera and being like, We know you wanna see Luke. <laughs> and then See, I didn't I didn't mind it from a storytelling perspective as much in that way because it's it's been telegraphed, so we know that we know that that's if it hadn't if they hadn't sent the signal out, if we didn't know that there was another you know other Jedi out there, like if if that stuff hadn't been set up, then it would have been more jarring. I didn't mind that. I to me the thing that was more refreshing was the same thing that the way that it was with Vader, where it felt less the way that they show and and it's I'm so conflicted because I thought the score in that sequence was was gorgeous. Like yeah. they did this like really subtle low key like they're not playing the skywalker theme like they're not doing you know nostalgia stuff have seen that shot of the x-wing coming in like yeah. kind of far away with the music coming in yeah like that was all awesome so the if they would it was so at odds like having that music and having that emotion i thought was a perfect tone but then having this like long sequence i didn't even think about the fact that mouth breathers around the world were going to unite and be like, see, this is how you fix Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like, this is what we wanted. But that I wasn't even thinking no about that sense. during the episode. That's what made me exhausted later. But during the episode, I was just more like, okay. I mean, <laughs> like where it, it felt even down to the hallway, it felt like the Vader thing. Oh and, yeah. Absolutely. And in the same way where I was like, I feel less like I'm watching a show in this moment and more like I'm being pandered to. Mm -hmm. And That's Yep. I get that it's Luke. That in and of itself is cool enough for me. Seeing the lightsaber, seeing the glove, like having him take him down is fine. But it became, yeah, it became a cut scene of like, you know, look how cool Luke is. Yeah. It's like we've had, I, we've had so many movies for that which, already. Like for me, Luke showing up, like again, like that totally makes sense. And yes, it is fun to see Luke. But at the end, I, because I wasn't sure how to feel when I, when I was watching it. Andrew was like, what do you think about that? And I'm like, I don't know yet. Yeah. I, I literally can't tell you yet. Like, part of part of it is absolutely scratching an itch that I had from a young age, but I, I just don't know. And I thought about it, and the part that fucking blew my mind is if somebody was were to be like, hey, who's the hero of The Mandalorian? Luke Skywalker. <laughs> like, like it's the show's called the Mandalorian. Like, and it's not because Mando becomes a villain. It's not because he's an anti-hero. He is at the beginning, but he changes, you know, mm -hmm. he, he grows and, and connects to Grogu and that stuff's all amazing. The idea that Luke shows up and saves the day and everyone's just like, great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm glad, glad he got here. That I, to me spikes the entire story. It, it makes Man Mando not the hero. See, I, I disagree there because they set up enough stuff with all of those characters before Luke showed up that to me it felt, even though it was pandering and excessive and all the things I didn't like about it, and I agree with you on all that stuff too, the it was it it was basically just resolving the Grogu thing, which I thought was a good idea because if season three now doesn't have him, 
that's I think very interesting because they mm-hmm. can go in a completely different direction because you can't have every single season be him trying to find a place to to drop this kid <laughs> off. Yeah. Right. And they they made it for this, the thrust of this season, which I thought was fine. But now, like that thing is ended. But then you have all of these things that are now set up that are new. So like he's he's got the dark saber. He's you know the king of Mandalore or whatever. You've got the Boba Fett thing as another thing. You've got um, Fennec and or with with him. But then the Bo-Katan. Uh, now there's a, a, a I, what would you call it? Is it going to be a rivalry? I don't really know. I didn't know if that was an Elder Wand thing where she literally can't sure use either. it. Or if it's yeah. just an, an honor, like a tradition, I, I wasn't I sure. I think maybe it's an honor and tradition thing. And okay. dude, partially, I agree with you on some of those things. But the the biggest thing for me is that out of all of those options, like they set up Cardoon, which by the way, they didn't do a ton with her this season, and kind of in the first season, not either. But the very first scene in this episode with Cardoon, like where the guy is like, I it, I loved it. I love having she was her. Like, which Death Star? <laughs> right. Yeah. That was good. That was like that great. scene. That is a way to use the things that have happened right. in the past with Star Wars as a way to forward yeah. character development with, with new you characters. Deepen, it's not this. Right. Yeah. Right. And you you deepen who Cara Dune is. You know, she had a connection to this thing that everyone who knows Star Wars knows. My problem with with all of those things, like they've set up all these characters, Fennec and Boba Fett and Bo Katan and all all that stuff. That means that there is a way for them to write the end of this episode where the Grogu storyline is resolved without Luke fucking Skywalker showing up and killing all of these dark troopers and and being the hero. Mm-hmm. Like there's a think, way to. Do- uh, well, last thing I'll say, uh, and then I want to hear. We've been talking, and Brent hasn't said anything, and I feel bad, I feel bad. Uh, the last thing I'll say on that, I do like, though, that there's a I, I agree with what I'm not disagreeing with you necessarily because it's Luke Skywalker. So you can't have it be more of a Jedi than Luke Skywalker. Right. Right. Uh, but I do like that they've made that division in the show that it makes sense that these characters can only do so much because the 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 aspect of the force and of the Jedi and they don't really involve the Sith that much, but the all of those elements they can't really like that is still another level to them. Some of these characters didn't even think that they existed for real or that they were just legends or whatever else. And I think Mando knows that too, which is why he goes to, to um, Ahsoka Tano first and is like, take this kid. Like I I can't deal with it. Like I don't, I'm not equipped for this. So it makes sense that they would have a Jedi show up to take that away because they aren't equipped for it either. Right. Then it's Luke Skywalker. (laughs) So that's the part too. It's weird. I, I liked the episode. I thought it was, mm-hmm. was really fun and, and well shot and like the action was awesome. And I, like we've already said, I, I thought Luke showing up was totally fine. I thought that was cool. I, I the way that they did it, I, I retweeted somebody who was like, man, the, the, the hallway scene from rogue one is like I one of the worst that. things that's ever happened to star Wars, not because of the scene itself, but because of what it's now uh, setting as an example to potential future filmmakers within the franchise. Yep. Of saying, like, this is how you should shoot these things and you should pander in this way or whatever else. And then it gets into the whole Last Jedi thing with, like, Ryan Johnson didn't pander, but I thought very much was, like, a huge fan. Mm-hmm. But that pissed people off because Luke wasn't whipping around and jumping off of those those uh, troopers and stuff. Um, so anyway, uh, but, yeah, I, I thought it was a good episode, but... I, I I figured we would probably at least Austin and I have the same <laughs> reaction to some of this stuff because when he took his hood off, I was like, oh my gosh, please don't be that young, yep. like uh, CG, like don't do this again. And of course they did. <laughs> yeah. So. The uh, uh, 
I, I I'm kind of in there with you guys with the um with the Deus Ex Machina mm-hmm. aspect of it. Uh, but what bothered me more, and it's fine. It's it's the one critique I have against Rogue One is is the uh, CGI character just kind of like takes you out of it. Uh, you know. Um, oh, yeah. The the what do they call that? Uncanny Valley. Um, the yeah. Uncanny Valley with Luke here is a little rough in spots. Uh, so that just takes me out of it some. Just that. Dude, that. I've seen I've seen deep fakes that people have made on Reddit that look better. <laughs> it, that's yeah. why I, I'm not For saying real. I can do better. Like I'm not. It's not one of those things. Like I obviously can't. I don't know how to do that stuff. Uh, but it's frustrating just because I'm like I don't understand how you guys are one of the biggest, if not the biggest. Yeah. production companies the with the point. most money with the most impressive things and you guys that's cannot part, figure dude. out how to nail this yeah like we can't do better but you know who can someone who has billions of dollars <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. billions yeah yeah <laughs> what brent what did what did you think of the episode i liked it overall sorry my dog my, my dogs are barking <laughs> again they're pit, they have strong opinions i understand <laughs> They're very upset that Worf hasn't shown up yet. I said, it's wrong franchise, fellas. I don't know what to tell you. Uh, but be patient. Who knows? <laughs> we don't know. Um, okay. Yeah, they're just going to keep, yeah, keep going. Yeah, that's fine. Go uh, so uh, overall, I liked it. I didn't have any problems with Luke. Again, I like watch Star Wars stuff just to be like entertained as pure entertainment or whatever. Mm-hmm. Right. So I wasn't too upset about that. I did think it was interesting. And one of my favorite things about The Mandalorian, real quick, is that we don't see – Unless you like look up the information, you don't know who the director is until the end of the episode. Mm-hmm. And yeah. when I saw Peyton Reed, I was like, wow, they let him do the finale of this, huh? That's kind of weird. And then I thought, oh, because he did like the de aging stuff and the Ant Man movies, which looked pretty good. And Ant Man, uh, yeah. But, but not like here. Like I thought Luke looked okay. It was like a little bit off, but as soon as he started talking, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. something about his mouth movement. It that reminded that. me of, you guys remember those old bits on Conan where Arnold Schwarzenegger would yes. show up? <laughs> oh, would just no. Oh, boy. <laughs> it reminded me of that. They should he do that. He has a yeah. weird, like, halo. Like, yeah, there's, a, there's this weird, like, light halo. Right. And I just... The idea that they chose to do that the, even if they knew, mm-hmm. let's say that they knew at the beginning of the season that they were going to have a de-aged Mark Hamill show up, that means they had maybe a year. Like, maybe. They should have been working on it around the clock until the really? release of the episode, they, yeah. They just couldn't even nail it in The Last Jedi or in Rogue One. Yeah. And they had multiple years. Rise of Skywalker. And Rise of Skywalker, sorry. Yeah. And, and, and multiple, multiple multiplications. Yeah. Of cash. Um, I'll take off the hood. Done. Yeah. Or, or limited. Seriously. It's the same with uh, Rogue One with uh, Grand Moff Tarkin, where, like, they were a little too confident with that technology, where they're, like, they're, they have a shot of him looking out to the Death Star being built, and there's a reflection of the CGI character. It's like, uh, we get it. You guys are, built, you know, yeah, a billion-dollar company, and you guys, uh, but, like, I don't know. They could like, especially with this episode with the uh, uh, Luke Skywalker. They they could have just they they did kind of trim it back a little bit where they were like showing R two and all you could see is uh, Luke's body from uh, head down and uh, um, so. But, but the R two thing was one very 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 
fan servicey bit of pandering that I didn't mind. Yeah, <laughs> I, yeah. Like, I, I was like, okay, <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, dude, think about like less is more. Yeah, it's exactly. Like when right. It's like when you're filming yourself, like you're shooting a, a three pointer. This is an episode of Scrubs. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Like shoot a three pointer and you sink it. Like you don't celebrate. You walk away like a badass. <laughs> and having Luke show up and and say all this shit instead of. Like yeah. you, he walks in and you just see the glove and you just see the lightsaber and yeah. he's just like, come with me if you want to live or whatever. <laughs> and, and to your point, I think it takes away from everything else a bit. But once, once you disconnect from that, I thought the rest of that scene was really great. I, I like that they had him take his helmet off a second time. I, I thought when he took it off oh, in the yeah. episode prior, mm-hmm. that was like a much like the Ahsoka Tano thing where there's like not a big buildup to it. It just happens. Like she's just there and, and her yeah, episode, yeah, yeah. Uh, he just whips that helmet off and it's, it's so jarring at first. Yeah. Cause you're just like, Holy crap. Like that's, Jin I know Jar. what Pedro Pascal looks like. Uh, it's Nailed so it. jarring, <laughs> but it, it's a, uh, in that episode, I thought it was really effective. And in this episode, like, I mean, I got, I got a little teary eyed. Yeah. Like it's a, a good yeah, little emotional and moment. Every, Every time they did it, yeah. it was emotional. Like it, uh, it was tied to something that made his character more interesting. I was, and the Luke thing—it's just <laughs> I, I, there. There's just there has to be some other way to solve the way the story needed to resolve. I for me, yes, it's shitty CGI, mm-hmm. and yes, I have story problems with it. But I, I feel like it points to a larger issue that they have where they just cannot stop relying mm-hmm. on the things that they have already done rather than trying to make new, like yeah. write something. They're like, you don't have to have Grand Moff Tarkin show up. You don't have to have Leia and Luke and fucking Ben Kenobi. Like you don't have to have right. Ben Solo see his dad. Like you don't have to do that. They're, but they're, that's, that's all they know. It, it, it's there. It's become a crutch or something to fall back on. Um, they should have new new stuff pop up. Uh, I, I'll pick up on something Brent said a moment ago. Uh, yeah, where's Worf? Where's Data? Like those <laughs> characters on you. What we did get though were Cylons in this episode. Those uh, dark troopers uh, going around looked. Uh, I don't know. They uh, they were cool. Um, I, like their, I like their dubstep theme too. Yes, it sounds like a joke, but I, I I thought it was a cool piece of music. I've been yeah. enjoying the music on this show. Oh, it's fantastic, uh, this, especially Every this season. Yeah, yeah, amazing music. Yeah, yeah. Um, but do you think they they came up with the uh, the dark troopers because they knew Luke was going to be at the end of it? Like that seems like how that was written. They have to have a threat so enormous that ah okay. that Luke has to show up. You know, and flex nuts. Yeah, yeah. They're so. also they're also from Dark Forces or something. They're all from an old video game. Oh, too. really? So yeah, the maybe it's Dark Forces two. Okay, one of those ones for PC. It was, they yeah. took that. Was the design pretty close or? Yeah, well, that's what I mean specifically. Oh, the I see. Okay, they pulled. I don't know if like canonically it's the same. Oh, I model see. Or whatever, but yeah. I I think, I I do think that was part of it, Brent. I think they. Presenting a, a problem that needs to be solved by essentially Superman and or a god, um, having someone show up who is the most powerful thing that they can have show up. Yeah, I think they needed something that where everyone else is like, oh shit, we can't do this. But I mean, having Din Djarin kill one, and then by the way, designing the fucking storage room with the airlock on the other side of it was just a bad idea from the Empire's <laughs> perspective. Yeah, but also. I thought the same thing, but then 
like 20 seconds after they went out, I was like, wait, can't those things fly? Yeah. <laughs> like I, I remembered it. <laughs> so I guess, well, then maybe, yeah, I, by that standard, then maybe that was the way they were just like, launch them. Or you just pull the fucking lever and they just fucking shoot <laughs> out. fall out. Yeah. I don't think it's a bad episode. The more I, I, I wish that they wouldn't have shot it the way they did, but the more I'm like, you know what? It does make sense for them to put, Luke on a pedestal in the sense that he's a Jedi and that right. that's the division that they're making and saying, you've seen all these movies where the Jedi flip around and they're the protagonists. That's not what this show is. So when we do see them, we need to show them in a way. And before that, the only way they really did it was through, uh, was through Grogu. Do we yeah. completely lose? No, no, I'm there? here. I'm here. Sorry. Just okay. checking my battery. <laughs> <laughs> I just um, don't want to keep talking. You are <laughs> so it makes sense. I wish that there were more Jedi alive so they could have picked a different one and it would have made Me sense too. Because it would have been weird if just some new Jedi showed up. We would have been like, who's that person? It wouldn't have been unbelievable. Like, See, I, it depends, I guess. Because if it's a brand new Jedi, I, it depends on how they, they did it. Because to me, depending on what they're going to do with the next season or, or the rest of these shows, potentially that's a way to, to introduce new stories. They don't want to do that. And like, yes, I'm upset about that, but that's their decision. You know, that's what they're doing. They, they I want to, about is I don't know what they would have done because right. if they've set up and even in the season, they've hammered it with Ahsoka Tano that the Jedi are, are gone. They're obviously mm-hmm. not Luke's still there. And well, we know uh, of a couple others, but see, I don't know. I don't know if Kane and Jarrus is alive or not. I haven't seen that, that show. So I don't know. For sure, I, there's an answer out there. Obviously, yeah, but I, I know what it is, and it's complicated. But yeah, the so, but we're there's probably more. Like there have to be more. Yeah, right? mm-hmm. but also yeah. it it would kind of break their own rules if it was a new Jedi, because I I think you would then be robbed of your viewers, uh, both us and then also people like Amanda, who. Um, would be like, well, I don't know. People like Amanda wouldn't be because she didn't know who Luke Skywalker was. Right. But I think people like us, if it was someone we'd never seen before, I think then the expectation was, who's this new Jedi? I want to know about them. And maybe maybe that's not what they want to do in season three. Mm-hmm. I, I have a feeling, and I kind of hope this is what they do, that we that that'll be done. Grogu's with with Luke oh, and he's man, on the I temple, so. and then they're <laughs> maybe they pop back in or you know, and he gets to see Grogu again in like a scene or something. But it, it kind of feels like that is done. And now we've got all these bounty hunters that we're focusing on. Does, uh, See the, oh, go ahead, please. There's, there's a, there are like still good possibilities with that story because Ahsoka couldn't establish a strong enough connection with Grogu. Yeah. Mando, Mando's connection was strong. Yeah. So the possibility that, you know, we, we know already that Luke's Jedi training camp and facility is going to fail. We already know that. So the idea that Grogu leaves, like he runs away, he misses Din Djarin, he ah. flees. Like that's already a possibility. Right. And that's one way that they can, that season three would not have to have Luke in it. And, who knows how much it costs or that obviously they can't have Luke in every scene. Jesus. I hope they don't put Luke in every scene. <laughs> yeah. But the idea of Grogu can't, he cannot get past his connection to Mando and is ah, okay. part so of, drawn to him that, yeah. that, that he flees the Jedi council or the Jedi training camp. That's like, scary that too, would be though. 
it is. It's still like, just, all of this just stuff because is scary. That, that makes me think that they're going to, because that's what they tried to do with what's his name and Rise of Skywalker was like, right, I have to tell you something. <laughs> and then later Abrams was like, yeah, he's a Jedi. It's like, well, who's not a Jedi then? Oh, like, yeah. Uh, Finn. So that's yeah. the only thing that makes me worried about because I like that idea. And mm-hmm. I love that. I, I love your point. They have a, a connection, which is awesome. And that scene in that Ahsoka Tano episode is so great yeah. for that reason. It's, a, it's fantastic. And I seriously, I think about the scene of him trying to get those fucking wires plugged in. Like I think about that. <laughs> oh yeah. A lot. That's, like that's a great scene. Adorable. And it, it shows another side of star Wars. Like it shows the comedy that is in every movie, but it also shows their connection and that's cool. Um, it is scary. And when I knew Ahsoka was going to show up. That's when I was like, okay, this is, this is where we're going to find out. Who was going to show can, up there? Austin, you broke up a little bit. When, uh, when everyone found out that Ahsoka was going to show up yeah, yeah, yeah. in Jedi, mm-hmm. that's when it was like, okay, can they, can they make the Jedi something other than the star of mm-hmm. this show, right, which right. is not about them. And right. showing up makes me more worried mm-hmm. <laughs> that, that, they, that maybe they can't. I don't know. Um, the thing that I read, the Verity article that I read was pretty interesting because they were comparing and talking about what uh, Favreau has done with this show. He's he's credited. We, we always refer to him and Filoni as the guys behind the show, but realistically, legally, whatever, professionally, it's Favreau. He created the show. Right. He's the main writer on it. He's written most of the episodes and has directed some, too. The, the comparison. Nope. You broke up there, David. Okay, so the Variety article basically posited that Favreau is doing the same thing again now, only with TV, that he did with Iron Man in 2008, which is to do uh, uh, not a new character, but a new sort of property thing, establish it as its own unique good thing that people connect with, both fans and non-fans, and then it slowly becomes an expanded universe. So you're adding things to it that are then connecting. Now, in in Star Wars' case, there's an existing thing in the past and in the future in different formats and mediums and stuff. And Marvel Studios was starting basically, well, not basically, just 100% from scratch. Uh, but the idea being now we can, you know, we can make more connections and we can start doing more things. And then Filoni's able to bring his stuff in and you're able to potentially look forward a bit. And then they're doing the the Acolyte thing with the High Republic and they're, you know, branching all of that stuff out and doing a TV-focused thing. Uh, Patrick H. Willems is this YouTuber does video essays on film and stuff that I've gotten really into recently that Andy over on Erie had sent me some videos of his and I've just fell down that rabbit hole and he talks about uh, Marvel Studios having this sort of inherent problem with how they what their limitations are in their cinematic universe that they aren't they they have the whole Stan Lee illusion of change thing where you have these things changing but nothing's actually changing uh character development and different things are happening in the gutters in between movies. But then the interesting thing that they now have is a new opportunity that we could potentially see them doing on Disney plus, which we're already seeing evidence that maybe they are going to do this is get individual voices to tell more unique stories that are more in depth for these characters. So like, I don't know if you guys have seen stills from the Hawkeye production, Mm -hmm. but they're wearing those fraction Aja clothes and pizza dogs there. Yeah. They're, they're, by all what it looks like doing that storyline, WandaVision, mm-hmm. there looks like they're pulling from Tom King's vision run. Uh, the Loki thing, I have no idea. They're pulling some visual stuff there, but it looks like its own unique kind of crazy mm-hmm. thing. So 
I, the thing that makes me excited in that front is I don't I don't think that they're fully abandoning movies and moving to Disney Plus, but I think they are doing something where we can get uh, more detailed, uh, longer form stuff that's still high quality that allows like they're also doing that Lando show, which they're bringing in the guy who did the bad hair movie. And I mm-hmm. forget his name off the top of my head, but a pretty well respected and acclaimed black filmmaker who's doing that show. Um I forget her name. Who's doing the acolyte show? People love her too. So a female is filmmaker that the, with a naked voice. One of them is um, described as like a crime thriller. Am I remembering that correctly? It might be the Lando one. I'm not totally sure. Um, it might be. It's one of those, and I I think that plays into the thing that the Variety article apparently talked about, and what you're saying right now, which is then they get these opportunities to tell other stories and do yeah. new things. And I really and I hope that's the case. It seems like it will be. I, I've seen people be critical and say, well, now the Mandalorian isn't good because other Star Wars things are coming in. And I'm looking at it as kind of that's the opposite. Crazy. I'm kind of looking at it as the opposite of saying, like, uh, I, I understand the fear there because yeah. I have some of the same apprehensions with some of this stuff coming in. Um, but like we mentioned, uh, or we talked about on the episode that I did with the Sokotano episode, by that point, I think they'd earned enough goodwill that they, they know what they're doing. And it definitely seems like, like I was really excited by the end of this of like Boba Fett and Fennec. I was like, I have these, these guys are awesome. Like I want to see more stories with them or whatever. So the idea that they're going to have their own show to bomb around in, and they went back to Jabba's, uh, palace and stuff and took that over or whatever. I'm like, okay, like sure, think, I'll watch that. I think and, that's a cool idea. Yeah, and and having all of this within the Mandalorian, I do think would be too much. But it seems like I hope these are going to be their own things. Mm-hmm. Ahsoka's got her own show now. Like you basically set up their expanded universe, even though they already technically had one. But within this, the confine of Filoni and Favreau, who are executive producing all of these shows, mm-hmm. so there's a, a through line there too. Um, so I don't know. See, it, I'm optimistic about it. as much as there's little things here and there. That I'm like, why do they do this? Why do they do that? <laughs> Overall, I think it's I think it's cool. Like I think it's and I, it seems like it'll be a good thing. It's the movies, the movie plan, the fact that they stumbled kind of makes sense. Other than Rogue One, even Rogue One was troubled. They had to bring in stuff at the end and change right, right. people oh, around like and everything eight, else. Eight script writers on it. Yeah. So the Disney Plus thing, as much as there's you know criticism that you can look at there with all the synergy and Disney and everything else. Um, I, I think it'll be, I don't know. I, I'm optimistic that it'll be cool. And it's also one of those things where you can kind of, you can pick and choose too. Like I, I didn't watch all the Marvel Netflix shows. I watched a lot of them, but there are some that I liked more than others and ones I went back to and ones I didn't. And it was, it was okay. Iron, it was fine. Iron Fist. I think <laughs> Iron Fist. Yeah. I, I think that's a, a good way to look at it. I mean, as a potential starting point for, for new things, for them doing something that, that could be different and new. And, and I really hope that's what they do. Uh, like I, it's hard for me to get past the fear of them not doing that. Um, I basically just because the announcements are so brand new. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I think back to that, to the final episode of season one, what you could, what you saw Taika Waititi do and the, the ways that that episode worked and it's emotional core and it's humor, but also it's, mm-hmm. it's treatment of action and, the way it pushed the the story forward, I feel like that as an example of of things that they could do with Star Wars that are not necessarily centered around Jedi, um, is a is a fun 
a fun glimpse at the possibilities. Um, and I and I hope the new shows take that and run with it. Mm-hmm. And and if Favreau is doing this as a way to sort of put down a a foundation to then like build the the new years and years and years of Star Wars, then we could potentially be in for some some really cool stuff. And, and just the idea about of it that bringing way because, in creators. Yeah, and it's weird to think that he has to put a foundation down, but he does. It's so like this right. is such a weird franchise. And that it's so massive and big, but there's never been a foundation other than the original trilogy until the prequels. But then when they did branch out, they all kind of knew if George overrides this in these prequel movies, sorry, yeah. <laughs> like your stuff isn't going to make sense anymore. And right. he doesn't care. So th- when they didn't really have anything, other, you had to kind of pick and choose and decide. That's why it was so crazy and impactful and weird that when we saw the first still of the Mandalorian, he had the gun that Boba Fett uses in the holiday special cartoon. That, we were like right. the, the rifle, what? right? That rifle yeah. with yeah. the forks at the end. Yeah. Yeah. With like, yeah. And so it, it is weird to think about that, that Favreau has made a foundation now that will make things work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Even though yeah, Star Wars yeah. has been around for 40 years, <laughs> there's so hmm. much. That's but, the crazy part. Like Star Wars was almost single handedly responsible for like people understanding the idea of sequels like sequels existed before that like that's they're not the first movie ever to have sequels but if somebody if like you're talking to someone who knows film or likes movies or is into pop culture and you're like have you seen the sequels and the prequels people are kind of maybe gonna know what you're talking about Mm -hmm. already yeah and having one single person guide something as massive as Star Wars became. And and I'm talking about like, even when Empire and Jedi were coming out, mm-hmm. like Lucas wasn't directing them. He wasn't scripting them. He was, he was writing the story. So the idea that he takes over as the lone voice guiding these things, it just seemed like a really crazy thing to do. Mm-hmm. And whatever your opinions are, of the prequels, like going forward with star Wars as this massive thing, like it's not his anymore. It's, it becomes everyone's, which I'm sure, I'm sure doesn't feel good for Lucas other (laughs) than, you know, counting the ducats. But I wonder what his thoughts on this, on this show are on, on all these things now. Um, I'm sure they're not whiny and bitchy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, uh, you <laughs> That's know, the only reaction he's ever had. That's <laughs> true. Um, so uh, let's let's talk about uh, the the cliffhanger, the dark cliffhanger, um, which I think is uh, a pretty sweet cliffhanger for this show. Um, just to see, because they don't they don't even talk about it anymore, other than when. Um, yeah, when uh, uh, Moff Gideon is telling. You know, the Mandalorian is like, no, you've got you guys have to fight over that Darksaber. One of my one of the best parts of that sequence to me is how many times uh, Mando is like, I yield, take it. I don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah take it. Just take it. I don't want to take it. <laughs> yeah. I, for me, I think it could be fun. I it for <laughs> my biggest problem with that entire storyline is and it, it sucks to say this, but. I think Katie Sackhoff is is a bad actress. I I, I cannot buy her. I think she's funny. Starbucks. Starbuck. Every every scene she's in, I'm just like, God damn, that's the only take you guys had. Like, there wasn't enough. (laughs) I just 
I have never believed her yeah. any time that she's she's been on screen as Bo Katan. Um, so, other than that, mm-hmm. I think it could lead to some interesting stories if they go back to to Mandalore, mm-hmm. um, and and use it as a way to to generate storylines from there. It reminded me: is that not like a? It had illusions of like Conan, even though the whole Boba Fett thing sitting on the, uh, whatever the throne. Jabba's palace. Yeah. That that was definitely an allusion to Conan the Barbarian or King Conan or whatever. Yeah, uh, this sitting on the arm. <laughs> yeah, and then this this uh, kind of um, uh, conference, not confrontation, but uh, this whole relationship now with Bo-Katan and the Mandalorian, and uh, and the Mandalorian being the the king of the the uh, of Mandalore, like does seem like a similar situation, but, um, uh, I, I don't know. I, I think it's a, they had to have a cliffhanger. I mean, right. To kind of yeah. leave us hanging for till next season. But, uh, I, I thought it was an interesting one. Um, yeah, I think it could be, could be pretty, pretty fun to see where that goes. Mm-hmm. I, I like the idea that Bo-Katan will not take the, the, the dark yeah, from right, him. right. She, she won't accept she, it. And that's all she wants, but, like, yeah, yeah, and that they have to fight, I think, is that's probably going to be the 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 build up in the mm-hmm. entire season of, of season three. It's building to their fight. Yeah, um, which uh, I don't know. I for someone like Mando, who clearly doesn't give a shit, yeah, and yeah. he just wants her to take it. Yeah, I, I think trying to make that interesting will be. Uh, could be fun to watch. What if what I, if the first I, the first ten minutes of the first season, uh, the first episode is just that Indiana Jones fight in the in the desert where the the one guy shows up with the swords and Indiana Jones just takes the gun out and shoots him. <laughs> like if they just resolve it that way in the first ten minutes, of, I would. Yeah, I would. Mandalorian so happy. just <laughs> Mandalorian just uses the dark saber to cut her in half or something down the middle. I don't know. Oh man. I'd celebrate. Uh, let's talk about the best scene. Yeah. <laughs> well, that that was that was going to be. I'm sorry, Austin. That was going to be my wrap up oh, okay. uh, question. Would be uh, favorite scene of this episode, and for me is the uh, uh, the Mandalorian versus uh, Moff Gideon. Like with the yeah, yeah. That was my favorite scene. But I'll let you guys go ahead, Austin. Mine undoubtedly. Mandalorian getting punched in the face over and over and over again. That was fucking cool. Yeah. It it was funny, but dark. And also, but it also makes sense with story wise. Yeah. Yeah. The best scar is really strong, but it's just like the continual punching. (laughs) I was cracking up, but I was like, Oh Jesus. He's still punching him. Mm -hmm. This is, this is great. (laughs) That that was my favorite scene. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, Brent, what, what what are your thoughts there? Oh my God! Where Mendo says goodbye to the little puppet boy. Oh my God! <laughs> it was so it was so beautiful. Like if I had feelings, just Which scene was the Mando was the Mando was saying goodbye to Grogu? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. At the, the end of the, the I, I thought that I was I was gonna kind of getting weird vibes. I thought they were gonna make. I thought the Mandalorian was gonna start making out with Grogu because <laughs> oh, they, 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 they were they were lingering too long on that scene. 
and uh, and Pedro Pascal is a handsome guy, and I was like, oh man, I'm getting wrapped up in this, and like, I was like, oh, thank God they weren't gonna make out there. Well, I guess if they they go back and CGI Mando putting on chapstick, uh, <laughs> maybe maybe that'd be the case. Uh, and and real quick, at the end of episode seven, uh, the previous episode mm-hmm. where. Uh, he sends that hologram transmission to Moff yeah. Gideon, is, and he says something to the effect of, like, you've taken something from me, and you'll never understand, like, how important it is to me or whatever. Yeah. I was like, you go get your little boy! You go do it! <laughs> yeah. Get him! I, I really yeah. enjoyed that scene. That that episode yeah. that episode with the whole Bill Burr thing, yeah, Bill Burr was great, and he's like, there's that scene in the middle of that episode where they're, he's he's gone on this whole thing about the Empire and the and the. Uh, new republic and or the, what's left or whatever is the new republic uh at that point um yeah it was very it was a very cool different point of view on the star wars universe from someone within it uh i thought that I, was really I love that part where they're crossing the bridge and they yeah. get saved it's this like big triumphant moment yeah it's yep. from, from time fighters and like it's i, I like that too Nazis save the moment and kill these yeah. people that are trying to it, and you they, you're feeling you're conflicted with your feelings. Like, yeah. Oh, a relief. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a very strange, conflicting moment. Um, but it reminded me of that Claudia Gray book of Lost Stars, where you're talking about being an Imperial and yeah. you like you take this job and it's so that you can pay for yeah. food at yeah. your house. And then they're like, hey, welcome to the Death Star. And yeah. You're like, right. Oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> it it, it kind of they touch on it on at the beginning of this this uh the season finale with those um those guys uh transporting dr pershing yeah Yeah. they're like oh those terrorists you know they they deserved it or whatever um yeah it's it's a very it's uh more they they, it's it's instead of being good versus evil it's getting into the gray of it you know yeah um, which is more interesting um and then bill burr just they, they they let him go at the end of that episode but like they could have given him, like, they just let him go into some jungle. Like, I would have been like, hey, can you give me the, uh, you know. A, a Do you guys have a helmet? Yeah. Maybe a bag. Can I? Or drop me off in the closest civilized. I just killed 400 of my old yeah. <laughs> pals. Now I have to avoid them, too. Yeah. yeah. I was well, also, they're like, they're about to do a heist. Like, take them with you. Mm-hmm. Give them a gun. <laughs> have them come along. I thought he was going to be the. Um, the Deus Ex Machina on this episode where they oh, kind of let yeah. him go kind of like with a uh, Han Solo. Uh, that's um, probably why they did that. That makes sense. Cause it would have been a, uh, if you're going through who's left, yeah. maybe like maybe Ahsoka, maybe. Yeah. What a motorcycle. It's a, it's a tie fight, not a tie fighter, but a motorcycle X-wing, inside yeah. of your house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, it's a CG Luke showing up to end the episode. Um, yeah. Uh, I thought, cause uh, what in, in, um, a new hope at the end, it, it's, it seems like Han Solo had already taken off, oh, but then yeah. he shows up at the end and it helps save the day. Yeah. I thought that's what Bill Burr's kind of trajectory yeah. was going to be. Um, but yeah, uh, to your sentiment way earlier on this podcast, yeah, I'm so glad Bill Burr is a part of this. It adds kind of 
It's also great because in real life he makes fun of, or he right. in the past made fun of Star Wars all the time. He oh, could yeah. care less about he, Star he Wars care yeah. at all, but right. but he's so good. I mean, he was he's great in Breaking Bad. Like he's a good actor. Mm-hmm. He's a good actor. Seeing his range is is pretty. I don't know if it's shocking because obviously when you're a stand up comedian, you're using your body and your emotions mm-hmm. to tell stories and affect the crowd. So that's also he's, he's also kind of playing himself. A little yeah. Bit. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> But I mean, um, being able to emote and like when they're sitting there talking to that that imperial and he's yeah, you can tell Bill was getting wound up and mm-hmm. when he fucking aces them, it's it's that, awesome. And also that imperial guy, doing- by the way, like one of those people that you come across in life as actors where you're like, you're a bad person for yep, real. I like he has such a weird vibe yeah. about him. <laughs> yeah, he was uh, like, it's probably kill people. Like I, I don't know. This is acting. He plays just like the dude who plays Percy in Green Mile. Where I'm like, I fucking hate you for real. Oh you're yeah, all- yeah, I hate you for him, Rose. Yeah, for real. He played uh, that actor played Joe Chill in uh, Batman Begins, and he's been in a bunch oh, of. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of uh, like Rob Zombie horror films. So like, yes, like Richard Brake. What's that? Who? Richard Brake. Yeah, is yeah, that that's, who that was. Yeah, Holy that's who crap, that was. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so just instantly he has that kind of like Makes vibe. Sense. You're like, I don't care for this person. Five thirty one. Yeah. And he looks yeah. like a oh, real yeah. serial killer. Yeah. <laughs> like, you're, you're gross. Do you want a job? <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, we, we are kind of getting close here, guys. Uh, David, did you have a favorite moment from the season finale? Even though it was uh, it was I could see some people making the argument that there was no actual like danger. It didn't feel very dangerous. I really liked how effective and cool all the 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 women were and yes, like yeah through yeah. the ship like all of those scenes of them just taking out stormtroopers it really hammered home the idea of the fact that stormtroopers never hit anything and they're basically <laughs> yeah. just trying to be killed yeah uh, but it looked awesome always yeah and like the one scene where they go through on that walkway and then the two mandalorians yes, just jump off that was sweet right that away was... i thought that was awesome like all that stuff, even like Cara Dune's gun jam. Yes, and then or like trying to get it to work again. Yeah, I, I liked all of that. Um, that stuff felt really cool. The the mm-hmm. I brought up on the last episode I did for the Mandalorian the the Bletchdale test, the uh, whatever that story oh, Bechdel. telling Bechdel, yeah. yeah. Um, I like they're doing it right on this show. Like it doesn't seem forced. It doesn't take me out of it. I, I love Infinity, not Infinity. Uh, I love Infinity War, yeah. but uh, Endgame. That whole scene at the end, I forgive it because I mean, like, it's fine. I think it's cool, but it's one of those things where you have a, a an anthology of all women creators. Yeah, and it's like, okay, this is a good thing, but why are why are we not just in the anthology with the men? Like, why why do right. we get our own? Cycle? Yeah, it, and it, I agree it does with you. take I me. About game yeah. so the the whole push for diversity it's fucking great it's just some people know how to do it without knocking you over the head with it and and then you know and then some people are, aren't subtle enough with it and uh I, I i always bring up um people are probably tired of me bringing this up on the podcast but um the uh the the the, the new spider-man movies with uh, tom holland like those movies are super diverse, but mm-hmm. I don't I don't notice it till I'm looking at the cast list after you know when I'm on yeah. Wikipedia the next day or whatever. Um, but then there's moments like at the end of Endgame where all of a sudden suddenly all the women are on the same side of the battlefield. Yeah. I totally forgive it because you know for the most most of history it's just been 
especially in the Avengers uh, universe, it's it's a bunch of dudes and Black Widow, so you get the token yeah. woman, you know. We were watching that the other day, and I was like, oh yeah, the 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 Marvel female team up part is about to happen. Not not even critically. I I think the scene's cool. I get yeah. what you're saying it's very intentional. Uh, and Amanda was like, oh, I never noticed that those were all women. <laughs> Amanda yeah. seen that, so, that scene like seven times and never even noticed it was supposed see, to be that. For mm-hmm. me, well, one, I mean, no one like no one needs my opinion on it because <laughs> yeah. it's it's just pointless. Um, not because of, not what, because it's not anyway? whatever, <laughs> whatever, cracker. No, yeah, no, that's not that's not what I'm going to I'm not going to give my opinion on it. Other than to say, I I know that it was important for people. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. is good. Like, yeah, that's why it's good. Um, more than anything, like when we saw, like when we saw Endgame in the theater, hearing people cheer for it. Yeah, yeah. Like it, it's it's hard for me to to be like, that's bad though. Yeah. Um. No, although there's bad. a part of me. A, no. Yeah. That's not what I. That's not what I was gonna say. Like, not. It's hard for me to say that it's bad because I don't think it is. All of the things you're saying, Hector, I agree yeah. with, and I agree with what you're saying, David. Like, there's a way to do it and, and have it not seem so ridiculously over the top. Um, weirdly, in in this episode, as soon as the four women were together, Andrea noticed. Okay. She was like, "Okay, yeah, I get it," mm-hmm. and. I, I don't know that I, I mean, I noticed it too. And I think that's one of the reasons why Bill Burr didn't show back up. Cause it would have ruined that dynamic because I do think it was very intentional. Um, but I think, I think to Hector's point too, and I don't think you'll disagree with this. The big difference is that these women have been in all these episodes. They've been characters yes. that they've been working on and establishing. It's not like suddenly a bunch of women showed up to, so that they could be like, see, we have women on the show. <laughs> like they, yes. Yeah. Uh, and you, talked about this before and this is a a bigger argument but the idea and it's an action show so this point is not necessarily um super relevant because it's an action show like they've all got guns but the idea of showing strong women only through the lens of things that are quote unquote masculine like see women are cool too Uh right but obviously they but it's an action show so they're going to be doing those things and showing that these characters are capable of those things is is important and is good. And I, I did like the scene where Cara Dune shoots that Imperial Lambda class pilot yeah, in yeah. the face. It's crazy. <laughs> yeah. That was awesome. Yeah. Look, we have um, these four uh straight men settling <laughs> this debate right yeah. now. I think we're we, we pretty much nailed it. We yeah. know what we're talking about. Yeah. We solved but we solved it. To the killing thing, you're talking about them slaughtering everyone. <laughs> there are multiple scenes where, like, uh, Fennec had disarmed someone and then, like, rendered them unconscious and then executes yeah. them. Yeah, she John Wick's a bunch of people. <laughs> that Dude, I thought John Wick... <laughs> exactly, dude. That's funny. Yeah, I thought John Wick during that scene particularly, yeah. I like that shot where the one dude shoots and she just, like, jerks her head back and, like, dodges the, the bolt or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. That's my whole point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we solved diversity in film, so we, we can move we on. We did. Um, yeah. All right, so uh, this is it, guys. Um, so, Oh, did um, we finally get to an hour? Yeah, I was worried. Uh, yeah, we're just coming up to an hour, yeah. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, uh, so did this show 
okay, so we got season three coming uh, whenever that comes out. But did this show peak this season? Do you guys think this no. will be the last thing we 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 uh, discuss? Did, did, I don't think so. It didn't didn't peak this this season. I no, mean, I'm, I I'm think, hoping it did. I hope so too. I, I think there's still a lot of things that left that they can do, and mm-hmm. I think John Favreau is a is a really talented creator, and the people that they are getting to to work on the show are talented too. And directors and, and every, stuff, yeah. Yeah, directors, writers, a lot of the actors. I, I feel like the most of the people involved are, are involved because they are interested. Like I I'm sure there's some that just want a paycheck, but I I think the fun of it is obvious in some of the episodes mm-hmm. and I think that there's a lot of stuff that they could do to to keep to keep it interesting and, and entertaining. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm I'm excited to see where it goes, despite how it might sound when I talk about <laughs> this last episode. Mm-hmm. Um, I really do, you know, wait to I can't wait to see mm-hmm. another season just because I like I said on the last episode I was on here, I I just I always have Star Wars. It's not going anywhere. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. what do you guys, David, Brent? Uh, was this it for? Uh... For the Mandalorian, or you guys uh, look, looking forward to the third season? Brent, you go first. Um, yeah, I'm okay with them making it a third season. I'll let uh, John Favs know. I call him Favs. Um, <laughs> that it's okay to uh, proceed. Uh, they have that soundstage there, so might as well use it. You know, green light. Uh, yeah, uh, but yeah, I'm, I'm. I I don't see why. I don't know, David. You had mentioned people getting upset on the internet, which is startling to hear. Uh, I can't imagine that. Uh, <laughs> but like, I I enjoyed the season so much uh, that I don't see how people had a a problem with it, like a major problem with it. I guess, and the they, the fact that people were yeah. pissed off about the uh, the episode where they have the ice spiders or whatever. I had so much fun watching mm-hmm. that. I like that episode. Yeah, this whole this whole season was a blast. Just like the first season was a blast to me. So I don't see any reason why they should or would stop. Mm-hmm. Like they they've got. Uh, just the main through line of reuniting this father and son essentially is enough of a, uh, uh, well, I'll say it, force to uh, to right. propel the characters. <laughs> yep. Nailed it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, I agree. With, I agree, hundred uh, percent. It's some. It's an awesome show. I, I think it's a, a fantastic show. It's. It's. I said on my the episode the Sokotano one that it's like the one unifier with star Wars fans. It seems like the thing I didn't really elaborate on it, and I won't now cause we're ending the show, but Brent, it wasn't that anybody was mad about this episode. It was that people were then bringing up the last Jedi and why they thought it sucked again because of this episode, because the way that they handled Luke in this episode was how they wanted oh, them to handle yeah. Luke in the last Jedi, uh, which even if you <laughs> like both would make no sense because Luke is way older in that movie, but anyway, yeah. whatever. So it was more that, which is why, uh, I would like. I loved the season overall. Think it's great. Recommend it. I'm excited for season three. I'll watch all these things. But I after the day after, and I saw all these Last Jedi people, and it getting brought up again. Mm-hmm. Uh, I thought to myself, I'm buying the. the I had already planned on this, but I'm going to buy the Charles Soule and Claudia Gray High Republic books. I'm going to read those, and I'm not going to talk to anybody about them. Nah. This I probably won't just like interact with the stuff. It'll just kind of be, there'll be moments where I'll be interested and I'll come back to star Wars and get into it. But I'm uh, excited. Last Jedi Jedi just really brought the toxicity up to a fever pitch with so much of star Wars. And to the point where it started to bleed over into people 
like taking the the high that they felt from Mandalorian and then leveraging that into mm-hmm. negativity towards something yeah, else. I was yeah. just like, what are we doing, man? Like, yeah. even if you like one or not the other, yeah. like, I don't, I'm not like, hey, this was great. You know what wasn't? Rise of Skywalker. I don't, don't talk about that movie. The, like, I didn't like it. That's okay. The, so, um, that was what bugged me. The, uh, the, um, the fandom for Star Wars over the last decade with, uh, Disney, uh, acquiring it and whatnot. Um, it reminds okay, so I, I really enjoy the Harry Potter movies. I've never read the the books, but I really enjoy those movies. Now's a good time to get into those. Hector. Yeah, let's, <laughs> there's, let's there's no bad PR. Yeah, the, that's exactly. Well, like the the fan, what I don't, the thing I don't like about Harry Potter is the the fandom is so. Uh, I don't know. There's a level of annoyance annoyance that comes with the fandom of Harry Potter that the Star Wars fandom is starting to eclipse or has already eclipsed. Like, I, you know, I, I enjoy Star Wars so much, but um, I only go so far into the rabbit holes on the internet. Yeah. It just, it's crazy how that happens. Apparently, Steven Universe has a really bad toxic fandom, and I've never, it's like one of my favorite, it's my favorite animated show, honestly, of all time. I've never encountered that. Yeah. But I've also I'm also 31. <laughs> so yeah. maybe some of that is connected to age groups and okay. corners of Tumblr that I'm not on. Yeah. But I think it's very easy to not to avoid that stuff. And that's kind of what I mean to your point is like with Star Wars, I'm I think I'm shifting a bit to where I'm like, this is still something I love, but I'm maybe not gonna be as plugged in and and yeah. as uh and as engaged with other people about it because uh it just it was just draining. Like I, that was after last Jedi and rise of Skywalker. I was just like, man, I'm done with star Wars for a while. Like I, yeah, it, it's when people get that upset about stuff, it really saps the fun out of it. And these are supposed to be fun things. And I think to bring it back to a positive note, that's the thing about the Mandalorian that I think is awesome is that it is a, a, a very well-made entertaining positive show that for the most part, everybody seems to love. I've, I've, I've not really seen anybody, hating on it you know people have had different takes on it because it's star wars and that makes sense but um i've not seen anybody be like this is trash it's not a divisive show i think you know you might like it more than another person likes it but everybody kind of seems to like it no i like it more than you do (laughs) (laughs) yeah i think for for me obviously star wars yeah okay it's it's the thing that i basically connected with at the beginning of my like obsession with pop culture in general Mm -hmm. so it meant something to me when i was pretty young which that's the most common story about star wars ever like that's not a revelation but and i was talking to andrea about this i got so used to star wars just being a thing that that i interacted with because the internet didn't exist in a way that i could interact with anyone else about star wars so it was just me Mm -hmm reading star wars right and and like writing star wars stories and and playing star wars that i didn't have a chance to interact with a bunch of people so the idea that i have to do that in order to to be interacting with star wars has has never been the case for me so when all of that stuff started happening when the internet became this thing and you could interact with all these other fans like that that can be pretty awesome but then it gets to a point where people feel almost entitled, mm-hmm. like like they are entitled to the story doing the thing that, that they think it should. And right. I still fail at this all the time. You know, uh, the idea that 
uh, a certain story beat didn't happen. So the, the thing didn't turn out how I wanted. And it, it is really hard sometimes to just look at what they did and think about what they actually did, not what they should have done. You did that in this episode, to your point. I know. <laughs> no, like, that's my point. Is yeah. I, I, I still struggle with it. Yeah. Because well, I you know... Love, you love the thing. It's, right. It's not, yeah, it's, it comes from a place of loving the thing that you're into. Right, yeah. Like, I know the Star Wars that I that I have in my head. Yeah. And, and when the Star Wars in the real world doesn't match up with it, it's jarring sometimes. Din jarring sometimes. <laughs> the, D, the D is silent. Right. Uh, but the, the idea that you're not entitled to the thing, like the only thing you're right. entitled to is the story they're telling. Yeah. Like that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, unless you can get Zack Snyder to uh, redo it all over again. And uh... maybe that's the problem with CGI Luke is they had to use all that extra time on CGI to remove his mustache. mustache. Yeah. Yeah. So we really need to see the mustache cut, and honestly, I want to see the cat's butthole cut. <laughs> the butthole oh, cut, yeah. Scene. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they yeah. need to remake all kinds of movies with butthole cuts and mm-hmm. mustache yeah. cuts, yeah, for sure. That's well, in seven, right? The butthole cuts in seven. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I, that sounds so quick, awful, yeah. What you were saying, Austin, about um, you know your your kind of trials and tribulations you go through with being a Star Wars fan. I think sure. there's so much of it at this point, and it's I, I really feel like it's hit a zenith with pop culture because of it's been brought back, and we've now got the most amount of generations that have ever seen it before, right? Um, I feel like to say I'm a Star Wars fan is not enough, really. It's like saying I'm a fan of comics, and then you ask somebody, is like, oh, so what do you think about that time Obnoxio the Clown fought the X-Men? And you're like, no, 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 I only read Chris <laughs> Ware's stuff. It's it's two totally different things. Yeah, Same right. medium, but different. So I think to say, like for me personally, I would, I, I don't know if I would feel comfortable saying I'm a Star Wars fan and like somebody asked me about like, deep lore or right. something like that but i am a fan sure. of the mandalorian i like um you know the the newer star wars movies um and i love the original movies as well um you know the prequels and i i think it's it's just one of those things where you have to be like specific about what it right. is you like and austin i've heard you talk about the thrawn novels and even yeah. the like, newer ones and that sounds like super interesting to me so at mm-hmm. some point when i learn how to read i'll uh, be <laughs> one day checking those out Maybe they have audiobooks of it. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's uh, the thing with this uh, series that I've been doing for each episode of The Mandalorian this season is I've had varying degrees. Like, the guests have been like... I started with you, Brent. You were on the first episode. Um, <laughs> started with the dumbest person. And, and then just... Yeah, <laughs> I don't know what this no! is. Yeah. Is this a Star Wars? <laughs> Sorry. So, it was nice to have... My cat just walked on my keyboard. Oh, nice. Uh, so, it was it was, it was was uh, interesting to have very, like the guests with varying degrees of Star Wars knowledge. Kind of like, a, you know, you get a blue belt and a black belt and a yellow belt or whatever. Uh, well, that was a karate reference there. Um, all right. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So, okay, I think... Uh, I think and then, um, yeah, the Boba Fett thing that was... Uh, I wasn't... I didn't see... I, I, that was a little bit unexpected. Uh, I didn't see that coming. So that's something else that we have to look forward to. Have to. We we do look forward to. Um, but um, and, and what was the uh, Bib Fortuna? That was his. Uh, Got real fat. Yeah, Got yeah. Fat neck meat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But that was uh, that was the last week. Uh, unless he 
I mean, all these characters get brought back. Uh, Boba Fett, for example, was brought back from from the dead. So uh, wait, is it just whoever sits in that little like chair gets fat? Like, was is there a skinny <laughs> job of the hut? <laughs> At first, maybe. Yeah. At first, he's he like was, looking yeah. real felt, felt and shit. He's like right. He actually walks on the very tip of his tail when he's skinny. <laughs> oh, gross. He's upright. <laughs> he's bouncing around. <laughs> All right. So, um, yeah, uh, guys, uh, this is great. Uh, I'm glad to have the three of you guys on. Um, let's see. Uh, let's represent your guys' podcast. Is let's talk about stuff with uh, David and Steven. No, uh, with yeah. uh, Brent and Steven. <laughs> Uh, there's, uh, Erie, Erie International, uh, that's, uh, David's podcast, um, international podcast with, uh, Andy and, um, Dave and Dave. Yes. Uh, and then, uh, the, what started so, it all, Well, maybe uh, Rave. Rave Roberts. Rave Roberts. this episode, so he has an alias, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then Hideous Energy, um, that, um, um, kind of got, got, uh, this podcast started, uh, inspired this podcast, Mind Grenade, and um, I'm, and let's talk about stuff, right, uh, Brent? Facts, man. Yeah, hell yeah. So uh, honestly, like David and Austin, it's like such a treat to talk to both of you at the same time. I know we've had like off-air conversations uh, before, uh, but to uh, have to be on an episode with both of you at the same time is like truly an honor because mm-hmm. I fucking love you guys so much. You're like, hey, shut up, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> let me let me suck both of your clits real quick. Uh, like honestly, nah, now I, we're talking. I, <laughs> like you guys were my entry point to being able to make comics, and like you know, just giving me the um, uh, not confidence because I'll never have that, but like the skill set to be able to do it. And uh, you know, I've I've done like multiple things in that realm, like uh, of mostly unimport uh, so far, but maybe one day. But uh, I really do like treasure both of your friendships and uh, the uh, opportunities you've uh, given me, uh, you know, in comics and uh, just as friends and uh, in the podcast realm as well. So thank you both so much for that. Thanks, man. <laughs> no, that Sounds was so uh... insincere, but I don't know how to respond to it. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, you, you, you guys are both our friends. Like, it's mm-hmm. not. I think that's why we're uncomfortable is because it's not like we're anybody. <laughs> so the idea of like that we're responsible for anything like we mm-hmm. love both of you guys we love recording on your guys' shows like we love your shows like it's it's just more more great stuff out there but th- i mean thank thank you for saying all of that obviously uh, I, my my sentiments are uh, go ahead austin i'm sorry all all of that stuff makes me feel pretty awesome i mean the i mean you just look tired right now so i don't know <laughs> <laughs> feeling it that's how i always here wait let me change this light is that better yeah (laughs) (laughs) not psychopathic at all (laughs) um like when when david and i were recording podcasts none of this stuff seemed like like, it's so weird because it was literally just he and i like fucking around in a room and just touching each other and talking about (laughs) stuff and it didn't seem it was, it, it, we had sex, and then after that, we were like, "Let's make a podcast." <laughs> we should. He didn't have this. to include as much information as he did, but post, that is how it happened. Post coitus. Well, no, it just just the idea that other in, that anyone thought it was mm-hmm. was worth something is legitimately one of the most amazing things to me. My, so hearing any of that, 
awesome. My 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 thing that, um, and I've told you guys this before with Hideous Energy is uh, the you guys' friendship is really what like uh, was the uh, X factor with Hideous Energy because I, I I was already there for the comic book talk, but uh, and then secondly for the balls talk, yes. and then the friendship <laughs> was really what kept me there and and really right. inspired me. I uh, I love that you guys. Uh, I think that's why most people listen to it. Because the of balls. Like, well, no, like the friendship and humor yeah. and stuff. Because I think a lot, a lot of people that listen didn't care about comics, which was strange. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. Like that, what our audience wasn't like people who think we're funny. Like we weren't like let's let's nice. be funny in our way and get those people. Uh, but also, I just thought about the fact that our last weekly episode was about the Last Jedi, so it ruined even our podcast. <laughs> what was it? Yeah, episode three fifty, I think it is the last numbered episode. Oh, is called the yeah. last jet episode. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so it's not the last episode ever, but after right. that, we stopped it weekly. <laughs> yeah. All right, guys. guys. Yeah. So this was I great. I appreciate all of those. Yeah. No. Uh, we're all great. Is essentially what we're trying to say here. So, all right. So this is uh this has been great. I'm so glad I I, I did this. It turned out uh, better than I expected. This whole run of a Mandalorian episodes. Wait, wait, and, wait, wait. Sorry, uh-huh, Hector, yeah. Hector, I'm gonna interrupt. Can I say one more thing? Yeah. If anyone hasn't like, and this is relevant because uh, it's Christmas in like four or five days. Uh, I say this completely unironically because everyone says this ironically, and I I don't I don't mean it at all that way. If you haven't watched the Star Wars Holiday Special, 100 percent you should watch it this year around Christmas. Yes, it's on YouTube. Yeah. yeah, wherever. It's, yeah, yeah, it's on yes. YouTube, I think. You guys did so a you guys did an episode, a hideous energy yeah, episode on it. One of the last sure. ones. Yeah, mm-hmm, I remember yeah. that. Yeah. And if uh, you can, oh boy, I think it, I'd probably it, it, just it, rather listen. Like, I'd rather yeah, re-listen to both, your guys' I mean, episode. Yeah. Yeah, like I, I thought that was a good episode too because we were just like rea- It was a lot of reacting. So if you've seen it, mm-hmm, it's right. a fun episode to listen to. But the uh, it is structured and set up. I mean, it was a holiday like a holiday special on TV. So. Mm-hmm. It, there's musical numbers and and like yeah. recipe like cooking sections even though yes. those are comedic too like but i i genuinely enjoy it like i i think it's so much wow, fun to okay. watch we tried to show it at a party before pan the pandemic happened <laughs> and it did not go over well oh, like wow. yeah so we were like okay we stopped it probably 20 30 minutes in but we were having get, a great time yeah yeah if you can get with people who who will will sit through all of it or if you just watch it by yourself like Again, unironically, like yeah. it is such a great Star Wars Christmas thing to watch. Huh. Wait, uh, it's, it is just a lot of fun. It's ridiculous, but everyone is doing it to okay. just have fun. Okay. Like it is, it is pure ridiculous fun. Okay. It's not. It, it, some of it is is canonical, which yeah, yeah. is fucking nuts. right. <laughs> First appearance but, of Boba Fett. Yeah. Yeah, it's just fun, right. and it doesn't worry about. All of the stuff that you end up getting worried about. Chewbacca's father-in-law puts on like a hologram helmet and like jerks off to something. Like it's crazy. Yeah. Like, 100% yeah. true. <laughs> I feel like I'm so, being punked, but uh, I'll give it a shot. No. Yeah. You should. Sorry, wait, wait, wait. I didn't mean to hijack the, the sign off of the show, but I just thought about that and it's Christmas. Yeah. And everyone deserves to watch that right now. Wait, Hector, am I to understand that you've never seen the Star Wars holiday special? Not since it came out, probably. Oh, so you you have seen it all the way through at one point then? When I in nineteen eighty two or whatever, yeah. 
<laughs> yeah. Okay, good. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad because it's, <laughs> it's Thanks. so bonkers, but utterly watchable. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's such a delight. Like, yeah, yeah it's that's the right. best way to describe it. It is super yeah. watchable. That's what I was so shocked by when we did it for the show. I was like, we're I'm going to have to like power through this. And then once I was into it, I was like, this is great. I'm having like, a great time. I can't stop. Good. Wow. Like, that, it's that scene where that android man <laughs> dies on screen it's like <laughs> oh wow there's so that's, many that that, He's like that right there him. is my exact feeling about the holiday of christmas yeah. i'm just so exhausted before it even gets here and i'm just dying i'm dying <laughs> on screen oh wow yeah all right guys and you get that boba fett cartoon and that ties into the mandalorian there you uh, go there you go yep. we've wrapped it up all right, so this is uh, Season 2, Episode 8 of The Mandalorian, Chapter 16, The Rescue. And I um, want to thank all my guests, uh, Austin, Brent, and David. Uh, thanks, guys, for being on. Uh, this has been Hector for Austin, Brent, and David saying so long, and we'll talk to you soon. Happy right. Life Day. <laughs> Live long and prosper. <laughs> <laughs>